Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Georgia State Studios in California. It's episode 296 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Justin Andrews of Scandinavian Tobacco Group to the show. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Salaz. Dagos Race has introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Salaz. Salaz is a Spanish word that means leisure after work and the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Salaz is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Salaz carries a blend of Criollo Allure and Piloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Equerachet Clara wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in four sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retail for Saga Celeste. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers. A smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel wrappers with thick, high priming binder and filler tobacco gives each blend a balanced complexity, layers of rich flavors, and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the <laughs> Anniversary, the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Merlis, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Minso 70, and many more. With great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at perdomocigars.com. Of course, we want to mention Cavalier Geneve. Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. Join that inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram at Cavalier underscore Cigars and on Facebook at Cavalier Geneve Cigars. That's Geneve, G-E-N-E-V-E. Of course, you want to visit your local tobacconists. Join the movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded highly by cigar lovers everywhere and have received high ratings from Cigar Industry Press. Of course, when you follow them on their Instagram account, again, at Cavalier underscore Cigars, they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold, and stay gold. And, of course, we want to mention Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Scars that may be won by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Black and Scars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. That's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, it's sponsored by, exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 296. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Will Cooper, I am in the Perdomo Scott Studios here on the Black Stage. And, of course, I'm joined uh, out west by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing good, doing good. How about you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Yep, I just uh, did, got back from a whirlwind trip in Miami. So, uh, um, I'm back. Um and ready to go tonight, I guess. Uh, 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 you're about like five grand lighter in cigars since you on that yeah, little trip. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I had, and you saw the receipt. Um, <laughs> yes. some of those cigars were for you. Um, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, well, it started out like Aaron asked me to pick up some cigars for him, and I did. 
Uh, and then it's like uh, there was a box of the hundred años available, so I bought yep. that. And then McTavish is like, "Oh, can you pick me up a couple of these more?" I'm like, "So the." Yep. <laughs> So all I know is that uh, Caribbean because Alan is the best. He's he's like give this guy some swag. The money he just dropped in. <laughs> I'm like you don't have to get anything. Yeah, you want to see the hat he offered me? Let me put it like this: I turned it down. I think you can guess. What it was. <laughs> I have a feeling. <laughs> give me the Hoya hat. <laughs> I'm not joking. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, those cigars will be heading your way uh, nice. very soon. Um, like, um, I, I was. Oh, by the way, just before we get it, I was a nervous wreck taking those cigars back. Okay, because I didn't have like a big case or anything. Right. And lucky, I did not have to check that because I, I was hoping they weren't going to make me check this bag. And it was about right at the. I was able to get it on the plane, luckily. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I had it, but yeah, I was a nervous wreck. Like you know, carrying. Those some of those cigars, you know, were were not cheap. But we'll just put it like yeah, that. Yeah, I was. Kind of, I, I would have hoped that you'd uh, like took a pillow from the hotel, <laughs> laid it on your lap uh, in the seat, and lay, laid the scarf on the pillow the whole trip <laughs> so that they came safely. So yeah, yeah. Um, lucky I had enough clothes in that bag. It was uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Like I said, they may have been through some not clean clothes, so right. they were sealed in a bag. I'll just tell you that. So. <laughs> but they made it back in one piece, so uh, right. I, I want to get I want to get them out of the house tomorrow. <laughs> so, Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right, hey, so let's uh, let's bring in our guest right now here. Um, yeah, he's uh, you know, hey, just the best way to introduce him. He is um the man of a thousand cigar releases. He is the man of a thousand vacations, and he's the man of a thousand excuses. He is Justin Andrews of Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Justin, welcome back to Primetime. Wow, what a warm welcome there. Oh, my god. <laughs> Absolutely goodness. not. Well, <laughs> I thought we were heading down a good direction there, Cooper. Wait a minute. Yeah, what are you doing? Thousand wrong? releases, thousand vacations. Uh, Man. Am I wrong? Listen, listen we're not all Aaron <laughs> Loomis. We don't get to, you know, sit out by the bay and smoke cigars and drink wine all day. So, yeah. Well, I mean, some of us actually have to work. Well, I mean, we 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 are, you know, we've been tracking your vacations. Uh, I've been having some good help from my good friend Nimish. He is. Oh, I, I've seen it. Nimish is a is a turn. He turned on me just so quick, and I, I loved it. I I think I'm the only person in the country that's taken seven vacations in the first like 38 days of the year. So that's been. Uh, what, what well, a life I live here. Oh, you, the first one. I mean, you're like, oh, I'm going to Casa de Campo. And you're like, it's work. I'm like, get the heck out of here. It's work. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I know what Casa de Campo is about. <laughs> it, it was work, man. Us four marketers, we have to present to this super demanding sales team that we have. And then they criticized, you know, our, our presentation. So it's very hard. And I say that because I saw that David Mealy is, is, you know, chimed in. So you can't imagine the pressure. They, we have just humble, humble marketers trying to convince these sales guys that they, we have a product worth their time and effort. <laughs> they're doing a fine job, and I'm sure this, in spite of what you've been putting in front of them, they're doing a fine job. I'm sorry. Oh, listen, they've, they've been uh, making chicken salad out of my ideas for a long time. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we certainly uh, can't do it without them. No, absolutely, absolutely. So... You know, Justin, we're going to get into because you have your hands in a lot of things at STG. Uh, so uh, we'll get into some of the projects and then uh, some of the, you know, some of the things that you've been involved with and some of the brands. Just get some of your thoughts on it. But I guess I want to just start this off. Um, 
the trade show, the trade show PCA is coming up in five weeks, and yeah, don't remind me. But but you guys are take you guys are back, right? STG's back, but you kind of taken a different approach because uh, last year you came back with Fords, but now this year the decision is made to focus on general. So what's been going into some of that? I was told there'd be no PCA questions. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we told there'd be no uh, what's no questions. Okay. If you can't I'm answer, sure. Justin, you can't. No, if you no, can't no, answer, no. you can't answer. Yeah, I'm, it's fine. I'm sure. I'm sure Jay Davis has been feeding you a little, you know, a couple couple of lines there to say, "Hey, let's ask." No, no, uh, it's been. Look, I've heard this announced. It, well, I've heard this talked about. It's not like I'm telling something out of out of school. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm just teasing you. Okay. But yeah. So this this year, uh, you know, last year we had forged. Uh, right. We were all there. Uh, and uh, this year it's general, so we'll have a different part of the portfolio. So again, you know, big company, uh, you know, big space, a lot of people. So yeah, so I think it's about focus. But yeah, we're, listen, I think we're we're all happy to uh, to be back and be a part of it. As, as and again, no secrets here, but you know, the year that we technically weren't there, we acquired Matt Booth Room One Hundred One. So you know, you guys saw me there. Obviously, we had the collaborations that. Matt and I worked on, but, um, you know, I, I haven't missed the show really because a lot of my customers through the contract manufacturing side that I make cigars for are there. So, so whether I like it or not, I'm still in Vegas about three, four times a year. So we're excited. Now I got to tell you, uh, all of our projects were pretty early until the date was announced in March and then immediately they became late. So there's been uh, a little bit of a panic since that date and again imagine you know three factories countless brands and uh, so it's, it's been a bit of a hustle uh to be prepared uh to withstand the scrutiny of the cigar media there so we've got to be buttoned up and and, and ready to go so yeah it's uh it'll be a, a, a you know a, a finish line uh kind of experience here so right down to the wire Listen, first of all, it was really good to have you guys back at the show last year. Um, uh, it was really good to have Victoria back. Um, that was the first time we've seen Victoria in about four years. And and you know how she's run us media through oh, the trade show. It's the best. It, yeah, it, it's absolutely. the best. It's, um, and uh, she was missed when she wasn't there. So I, I got to say, it was, it, it, went, it, was, it was really good to have you guys back um, as far as that goes. And I think it was good for Fords to be at least have their time on the stage with that. Uh, which I thought yeah, was good th as well. Yeah, I think it was a good decision. I think it was great to kind of highlight a lot of our new brands. And yeah. you guys got to meet a lot of our new brand managers yep. and people behind the brands, which is a lot of, uh, for those guys, it was not only their first trade show, but their first time to Vegas. And, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I I felt like the veteran, right? So I've always been the, been the young guy, but it was interesting now doing this for 15 years uh, it was it was kind of kind of exciting to see these guys show up for their first time and experience everything that the show has to offer and the camaraderie and, and introducing them to some other people. So, yes, yeah, so it was great. Listen, we're happy to be there. And, and even from a social aspect, right? We I mean, could you know, I think my first show where I met you was 2010. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's one of those things that there there's a lot of people that I see on the road all the time, us people that are out there. And then there's other people that you only see once or twice a year. And so to have to not be there and, and see that there was a lot of people that were missed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, so we're happy to, to, to be back in the in the fold there, so to speak.
Yeah, I remember the first trade show with Lou, Lou Rodriguez cigars, and Lou gives me a cigar, right? And I'm like really grateful. Thanks, Lou. You know, and then he sees me like the next day. He's like, "Hey, where's that review?" I'm <laughs> 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 like, "Dude, I'm not gonna." Smoke. And you, you kind of jumped in, and I kind of helped oh, a bit. Man. He was like, "Where's that review?" I'm like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> Lou, Lou, Lou was a lot of great things, but patient was not one. Of them. And, and I think that I think that rubbed off on me, unfortunately. But yeah, I was like, "Man, we just." Get- yeah. Uh, so yeah, and speaking of Lou, we were just chatting earlier. You know, he said to tell you hello, Coop. Yeah. He saw oh, that good. I was on the show, so yeah, he's in the ER right now yeah. texting. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, there's a lot of love there. Uh, but well, we were old Staten Island guys. I mean, because uh, we found out we grew up like I was born in Brooklyn, but I moved to Staten Island. Lou's from Staten Island. He we didn't go to the same high school, but he went to a high school. A lot of my friends did go. And it was a year or a year apart. So we had a lot of common connection uh, very quickly, bonding wise, because we just, yeah, no, in the same area. Yeah. I thought it was great. A Staten Island guy in North Carolina and you being from North Carolina. So that was the nice thing. Yeah. But man, that feels like a lifetime ago. It does. It does. I mean, uh, I mean, I just remember we were waiting for the double nickel. (laughs) (laughs) That was. I, I still, uh, I still have the cigar bands for that. Listen, and, uh, if you have you thought, I mean, so just so what I'm talking, the double nickels of cigar that Justin was going to create for Blue Rod, I have had a chance to smoke, and and, and well, all the kidding with Justin, that was a really good cigar. Have you thought about trying to? I mean, maybe you don't use the name, but you recreate that blend because it was a really good blend you had. You know, so it, you're not the first person to ask me that, right? Yeah. So uh, one of the last events that we did was at uh, Havana Mix Cigars in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Rob and his son uh, came up to me at the show a couple years ago, and he said, Justin, he said, I was on the beach. I think he was like in, in Bali or, or something, and he was like, I had my, it was my honeymoon. And he said, I had my last double nickel, and I smoked it. And he asked me the same thing, and I've had, you know, other retailers and it's funny, like I, we, uh, you know, all of us, there's a little bit of a secret sauce, right? Right. So all of us are, are, all of us have chicken. We just all prepare it a little differently. And the thought has, has occurred to me a few times to, to replicate that, which I could do. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think Lou would be like, hey, just, you know, name it. Oh, but, okay. I don't like a lot of our Paracarapa. I think the CEO Brazilian is probably one of the few I like. And there's a couple, right? That was one of the best Ara Paraca cigars I had. And I believe it was Ara Paraca on that, from what I remember. It was. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. Brazilian Ara yeah. yeah, you're right. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was kind of like, it was funny, uh, which I guess in hindsight, maybe it was the right decision. But that was kind of my first cigar that I produced under the Lou Rodriguez brand. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, so that, that was kind of my coming out party there. And yeah. ironically, uh, two months after... Uh, that came out. We uh, went out of business, so you know may- maybe I should stick to uh, to to making bands and boxes. Well, I remember a guy, some guy in Erie, bought up a bottle, a bunch of loose cigars. Um, yeah. and I, I, I remember I bought a bunch of his cigars. Like, uh, you know, there was the Matafinas, the Montenegres, and oh, yeah. I, but I did ask if he had double nickels. He's like, no, I didn't have any of those because it never came out. It never really came out. Yeah, no, we just had a bunch of pre-production stuff, and it's funny. So that guy, uh, his, his name is uh, Chris Kelly, uh, East PA Tobacco, I think, in Erie, Pennsylvania. And then also, yeah. uh, uh, before he passed, rest in peace, uh, Phil Siegel. Phil Siegel. Uh, he, yeah. he bought a bunch. So it's funny, Philip Michael, 
actually a couple of years ago gave me a couple of boxes. So I, uh, I've got a box of Matafinas left and La Mano Negra and, and the reserve. And so typically for birthdays, Christmas, yeah. holidays, also. So I had a, I had a birthday recently and I lit up the, one of the Matafinas, which I think could honestly, I think is probably my biggest achievement in this industry so far is that you gave that cigar like a number six. Yeah. It, that, let me tell you, let me tell you, that was a legitimately, and I'm, again, I am not the biggest Brazilian fan of tobacco. That was a legitimately good Brazilian. I mean, that was incredible, that cigar. Um, well, you know, it's 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 funny. It, it wasn't just that you gave it a number six, and I think you said you'd fight Chuck, Chuck Norris for yeah. it. What, looking back at it, and I did a couple years ago, it's the cigars that were ahead of it that I think was impressive. Yeah. Like, you had some... Some some cigars that obviously are still around today, but some cigars like I think a Liga Bravada. There was a few others. So for as a you know a small little boutique yep. micro boutique cigar company from North Carolina for us to make your you know your top five top ten was uh, was was pretty amazing. No, it was a good a little legitimately really good cigar. Um, I, like I said I miss Lou a lot, um, but I'm glad he's doing well. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, Aaron might have actually liked those cigars. I don't know. Aaron could have actually. I think he would have liked the. Aaron, did you ever smoke any of the Lou Rod or no? Yeah, I did. I liked him quite a bit. Um, yeah. And I actually met Lou um, out here at Crush and Roll West um, one year. Yeah. So Crush and Roll. Oh, right. yeah. So he had come out um, yeah. and uh, got to chat with him for a little bit over we there. But yeah, I, I was definitely in uh, in on those cigars. And it was says It was actually says that. You know, I think because he went into Phil's and he said, you got to try these cigars. And then Outland brought him out. Luke went into Outland. He had took him a little while, but he got into Outland finally. Yeah, we did. What was it? What was the thing? Uh, Light up Charlotte. Light up Charlotte. Yeah. We we used to do. Uh, Man, you bring the jawbreaker. You brought the jawbreaker that year. Yeah, we brought the jawbreaker and a a couple other things. You know, it's funny. Uh, And again, we were. we were so small, uh, but again, as a company that had no sales reps and literally, I mean, it was me and Lou. So we were the box boys, accounts payable, QuickBooks aficionados. We were doing everything. And, uh, but when I look back at it, we were the first ones that I think that came out with like a full bodied Nicaraguan Connecticut. It was, it was before Crema. It was before the, my father H2K. And I feel like there was something that kind of started that trend there. And I remember I, Seth going when we had that Lancero. Arrow. Seth was like, "This is the best Connecticut cigar I've ever smoked." But again, I think it goes back to Lou and the fact that he didn't really like Connecticut. You know, Lou wanted better than Maduro box press. I remember, yeah. Well, yeah, he was very public about before he he uh, started his company. You know, he was a Patron, yeah, uh, box press 40th anniversary guy. So, so. I had to nudge him along to make it Connecticut. And so I think, you know, again, it, it's been a long time. That was, you know, 2011. But I, I do like, I, I, I do kind of cherish the fact that the fact that I, yeah. in my opinion, I'm sure somebody out there could correct me yeah. or dispute it. Yeah. I feel like we were the first company to come out with a, with a really full body. The, the only, there was, I'll tell you the only, I'll tell you who did have one, but you guys were, there weren't a lot of them. AJ's, the original San Latino, Connecticut was in that category. That's the only, but I think they came, Absolutely. I don't know who came out with it first. I don't know who came out with it first, but those were, because those were like, I remember when that, when Seth told me about that Connecticut, I'm like, you know, I did like the San Latano, but you know, I just had a lot, 
a lot of doubts about that. And it was, it was, and not only was that a good score, it aged really well, which I was really surprised about it, with that Connecticut. It really did. And honestly, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but my first trip to Nicaragua back in 2009, uh, I met AJ. So Lou's uncle, Gregorio Vasquez, uh, you know, was a friend of AJ and, uh, you know, there's, well, yeah, I won't get into that, but that it's funny to, to kind of foreshadow meeting AJ in 2009 and then taking the diesel brand over in 2017. It, it, it was really great yeah. to have known AJ for as long as I had. And then, I mean, good Lord, now we've known each other for 15 years. So it, it was amazing. I met this guy, Abdel Fernandez, who I had no idea who he was. You know, imagine 2009, there wasn't a, he, he wasn't who he is today. And then to think that, We'd be working so close together now, 15 years later. It's kind of cool. You know, a little birdie told me. So a lot of people work with AJ, and but there's very few people who are in that AJ working with him. And you're you're one of those guys. And I was told this from a very reliable source who I trust, right? You're, you're actually in there with AJ um, very tight. So, I mean, you obviously have built some trust there. Because I, I know a lot of people aren't in that circle. Well, you know, AJ, like, you know, so, you know, AJ is, is, is one of a kind. I, I think the mold was broken after him. And I, you know, honestly, I've, I've been fortunate to learn so much from him. And, you know, again, working so closely together for so long and uh, spending so much time in Nicaragua together and, and doing the projects we have, we've, we've really grown close. And I think there's a mutual respect there and, and admiration and uh now we 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 argue like brothers we we and i think that's part of the closeness and i and it's funny i've taken some people down to to meet aj along my trips and and they're completely shocked when he and i start kind of going at each other a little bit but we you know the the contrast and and everything really yeah. helps create the product but but ultimately i think there's a lot of love there and and again i certainly wouldn't be where i am today without him and and i hope that you know there's there's a part of him that that would appreciate kind of some of the things we've accomplished but yeah you're right he makes a lot of cigars for a lot of people and and selfishly i remind him a lot i'm like adele just remember it's it's you and me and i told him i was going to commission an oil painting uh, in the factory. So when everybody walks through that door, they have to see a picture of, yeah. of him and I up there. And, uh, and he was like, Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then I talked to Freddie and I was like, what do you think he'd do if I sit that picture? He's like, ah, I don't, you know, so, <laughs> so no, I, I love him to death. And I got to tell you, man, it's, it's been, I have, it's certainly been a one-sided relationship. I've, I've certainly reaped yeah. way more of the benefits than, than he has. No, it's been yeah, it's it's good, and you know, um, we we kid you a lot, but I wanted to you know let you know I heard that um from extremely actually I've heard it from a couple of reliable sources. Well, I have well, there's there's you know, not to there's only a few of us that you know are are down yeah. there as frequently as we are, and and it, but, know, I have an apartment down there, and I'm down there a lot, so so the but we're down there, people respect that. Yeah, but that's why we blame Justin when the cigar goes wrong. We don't blame AJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's always my fault. Yeah. I got to tell you, we're, since we're talking about it, and I see uh, Boofy has joined the show. Good. 
I got it. I got to tell you, and this pains me to say it, but I, I told I told AJ one day. I said, "Listen, I said you make cigars for, you know, Caldwell and Booth, and you know the list goes on and on and on." I said, "But uh, I'm your favorite," and he, and he kind of shakes his head a little bit. And I was like, "So, Justin, Booth, Caldwell, you know, Nick Melillo, list goes on and on." And and AJ goes. I like booze. Like <laughs> and I gotta tell you, that was a. I was like, no, no, you can't. You just goes, got bumped all booze. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> I hate, I hate to admit it, but there's that fucking boothy. There's something, something that he's done yeah, yeah. that when he showed, and I'm telling you, Coop, I'll be in the factory, booth will show up, and AJ just lights up. So there's something about yeah. boothy, and yeah. he shows up that AJ, AJ loves him. And so I got to tell you, I think on the hierarchy list, I think Boofy is probably a little, little ahead of me there. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, one as we get into some of the projects, I do have a question. I don't know if I've ever asked this before. So when you did Whiskey Row, it the whole thing was the barrel aging of that broadleaf for the binder, and it was I got broadleaf right, right? Uh, you did. So we've done a couple different binders, but on the original, yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, but, uh, Connecticut Broadleaf Binder. Now that has seemed to carry over to a lot of projects in um in STG. You know, the and the two that come to mind, obviously the Macanudo Estate Reserve and the Weller. Uh, if you haven't had the last couple of Wellers, they've been really good. Was this something that STG came up with? Was it something the AJ came up with? Who came up with this? Because it seems like that that's kind of the way you've worked these barrel age projects, and it seems like it's worked for you guys in, in a lot of these cases. Yeah, you know it's it's funny how things work, right? Yeah. So there's uh, and and some of my coworkers who are on the call, they'll probably be like, "Oh, I know exactly what he's going to say." Yeah. But I, I have a I have a quote that I've, I've I heard a long time ago that I like, and it's it's uh, uh, what is it? Uh, innovation is an orphan, but success yep. has many fathers, right? So. When, when I was pitching this idea to barrel age AJ's tobacco, uh, not only was AJ against it, but my company was against it, right? And, and there were some guys that, that were on the other side of the table going, this doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. And, and, and I, honestly, they gave me enough rope to hang myself, right? And, and as you know, young and naive, I was like, you know what? I believe in it. We're going to do it. And AJ was like, nah, this will never happen. So my counterpart at the time, Alex Svensson, uh, was like, listen, here's what we got to do. We got to just get these barrels to AJ's factory. Right. And once they're there, he's going to be intrigued. So we literally, myself, uh, Alex Svensson, who you've had on your show. Thanks to Freddie you. Molina, I'll give you credit. You were a big help yeah. on that one. Thank you. Yeah. Freddie Molina. We literally bypassed AJ <laughs> to get these barrels to his factory. And you should have seen. And I was there the day the truck showed up. <laughs> you should have seen these Nicaraguans unloading these, you know, charred Kentucky oak whiskey barrels into his factory. And AJ's flipping out. And he's, you know, he's <laughs> fussing at me. And, I, and we're going back and forth. And I was like, listen, they're here. Just put the fucking tobacco in there. And let's see what happens. And, and so now you fast forward and Hector can attest to this. Now, many, many years later, if you go to AJ's factory, he'll take you to the corner where he goes, come look at my barrels, right? So <laughs> so I got to tell you, it's funny. So uh, 
and, and, and I mean this, and I, I, I certainly don't mean to come off as, as, you know, taking the credit for it because it was a team effort. But right, right. we, what I thought was there's very few unique news stories in tobacco, right? There's, there's very few things that we can do to create a new story. And this was something that I believed in. And so we started this process and I'm down in, in Nicaragua every month and we're, we're one moment we're putting the wrapper in the barrels. One moment we're putting filler. One moment we're rolling cigars, putting them in there. And finally, we figured out that it was the binder leaf. We figured out what binder leaf could withstand this aging process. And I swear to God, Coop, if you showed up, there was PVC pipes coming out of the barrels. We're trying to get airflow. Then it was like, how long do we keep them in the barrels? And so it took us about a year and a half to figure out the right combination of poundage of tobacco, airflow, and what tobacco. And ultimately, the end result came out to Whiskey Road. Well, we launched it in May of 2018. The show's in June, and we sell out. And, and we actually outsold. There was a brand we did. I think that year we did CEO Nicaragua. We outsold them. We outsold uh, Macanudo. And all of a sudden, we got this hit, right? This, yeah. this thing that is just amazing, sold out. And then very quickly after that, we all of a sudden, you know, the company's all in. So it's like, oh, we got barrel-aged Macadudo and barrel-aged this. And me and me and my guys were just sitting back going, you know, it's funny how how quickly the, the narrative changes there from this will never work to, hey, why are we getting more barrels? Where are we going to, you know, so right. we've, been, we've, we've been fortunate and fortunate for myself and the brand that Whiskey Row is still, uh, you know, it's still out there. It's still relevant. It's still moving. So, I, you know. A lot of credit goes to a lot of different people, certainly not just myself, but uh, it was something that I got to tell you, I'm very proud about because it became as scientific as as AJ and myself could make it. And we figured out a good recipe, a good amount of time. And, and I think it's if we did something that hadn't been done before. Right. Barrel aging has been done before, but we were the first ones to tell the story of where the barrels came from what we put in them, whereas our other companies have done things before where they couldn't disclose where the barrels came from or anything like that. So fortunately, it was successful and, and the company jumped on. And now we've got many, many barrel aged products, including, uh, you know, Flint Knoll, Cohiba Weller and, and yeah. a few others. I remember we had the dinner with Chris a couple of years ago and I was sitting across with Chris and I, I don't know how the Weller conversation came up, but I said to him, I said, you missed the boat the first year with the Weller. Like there was nothing it, like you had this. I was thinking in the back of my mind, there's a story here with, uh, you know, going back to whiskey row. And he just, he stopped me. He says, we're fixing that later this year <laughs> is what he basically said to me. Um, Cause you guys weren't even at the show that year. We, you guys were Chris lives in Vegas. He met us for dinner and he said we were fixing it this year. So I, and, and, that cigar, I really enjoyed that cigar too. So yeah, we we had a different team that kind of handled that project, and yeah. and you know I was I was sitting there going, you know, again I'm I'm not good for much, but yeah. no, <laughs> I, I found out a way to barrel age tobacco, and I wasn't included in it, and I think that was a miss, and so fortunately we came back thanks to Chris and all of us collectively we're able to work together and, and kind of solve that because again, the, the story and the barrels, that that's a big part of it. And understanding yeah. again, it took a lot of work. And, and I, I got to tell you, 
that whiskey rose probably one of the hardest cigars I've ever worked on because it wasn't just going, all right, we want an Ecuadorian Habano with, uh, you know, Connecticut broadleaf binder and some fillers from Ometepe and Jalapa from Vega, whatever. Like there was a lot of process going into that. And again, AJ was very uh, hesitant to put his tobacco in a barrel to have that influence. So thankfully, I think we all kind of came together and was like, hey, we, we have a blueprint of something that worked. Why not, you know, at least yeah. replicate that and try to try yeah. to uh, have that process for these other products? Yeah, and you did it with other types of barrels, like, you know, Flint and Old with the wine barrels. I think, like I said, it was a very unique project. Um, I enjoyed that cigar a lot, so um, a good job with that. I, well, I'm glad you did, because I got to tell you, I've been championing that cigar, and, and I haven't been as active on social media as I should, but uh, it – I it, that project was was amazing. I love work. Aaron Aaron is phenomenal. He's a cigar guy. Yeah. And and aging that tobacco in those wine barrels created a profile that has never come out of our Dominican factory. Before. It, I mean, we like we were all saying it was the best Macanudo, you know, maybe ever. But it was definitely the best Macanudo in a long time. Not that I'm not knocking Macanudo. I, a lot of Macanudos I enjoy, uh, but it was definitely I think. Uh, a really special cigar. And like I, I was telling you before the show, if people had ba I bashed it, they probably haven't smoked it. And that Churchill was the one, that was the one I think that you guys knocked it out of the park with that size. So everyone I know that smoked that cigar has vouched for it there. You know, again, we all know the, the kind of like the, what's fun, like the easy kind of shot yep. at Macanudo, but if right. you smoke that cigar and, and again, I, you know, it's hard to make cigars that everybody likes, uh, but that cigar is everybody that I know that smoked it has loved it. And, and, you know, not to get too technical, but from a factory perspective, we, it's always challenging to substitute strength for flavor, right? Yeah. So to have something that's mild and flavorful is really hard, right? It's kind of like Starbucks. Yep. You go there, you drink their coffee, it's all burnt, it all tastes the same, right? So I can take, you know, I know Aaron likes his steaks well done because uh, he lacks a, a palate. But, you know, if I were to get you guys wagon beef and, and cook it well done, it's all going to taste the same. So for, so to, to make a really strong cigar, you can you can cover up a lot of missteps, right? You can cover up some some shitty tobacco. So for us, it was very challenging to create a mild cigar that was full of flavor. And usually when we do that, and again, I'm not speaking out of turn here, but you get some earthiness, some 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 grassy, some herbal right. like. So for us to be able to create a cigar that was mild, that had a creamy, sweet profile, and also balanced, uh, and that that barrel aging definitely contributed to, to those uh, that flavor profile. Nice. Uh, I, I like I said, uh, good job with that, uh, with that cigar. Let's kind of turn to some other projects that you've had going on. I want to start off with the Miami projects. Uh, STG's done a variety of different uh, projects out of Miami over uh, the last few years. I believe there's been three that come out of Miami, and two of them you've been involved with. It's Cohiba, Partagas, and Lagoria, right? Those are the three? So those are the three brands. So we started off originally with uh, with Cohiba, uh, Sean Williams, myself, with the Siri M, and then we went from there to uh, Lagoria which obviously has its roots in Miami right. and then the part against the bronze. So yes, yeah, so we've done, we've done three brands out of El Titan and uh, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So my question is to, this is the basic question. 
why why go to Miami? Okay, you you have like all these big factories, right? Um, what appealed to? I mean, I obviously I get the appeal of doing the cigar in the U.S., right? But how did this kind of play into the STG strategy of releasing cigars like this? You know, Adam, and I'm smoking the part against the bronze right now, so I am smoking one of these. Uh, yeah. So, so from a from just like an emotional standpoint, I got to tell you, it, it the first time I went to El Titan and I knew the history there that they had making cigars. I, you know, Sean Williams. We've been friends for a long time. We both come from owning our own companies. And and he made Epifania there. And oh, that's a great League, cigar. Yeah. League of Miami. So I was very aware of that. Obviously, meeting Willie and understanding what Willie was doing there. And so the first time I went there, man, I got it, it, I'm a I'm I'm a little romantic about this industry. Otherwise, I don't think I'd still be right. here. But going there and seeing these rollers, these these Cuban rollers that you know left Cuba obviously under the conditions they have there right coming to miami sandy i mean if anybody's ever met sandy like it, it you just can't not fall in love with it oh my goodness uh, yeah, yeah. She, she uh she's, she's like your favorite aunt when you walk in she you, you feel like you knew her for 30 years she she's amazing so so i, I was in miami which i spent a lot of time in miami and i went there, to the fact vacations, that I met them. Yeah. yeah vacations yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, all the time so yeah. <laughs> so i left i left the factory and and honestly this is a testament to chris chris tar because i called him up and i said hey man I, you know i don't know what we can do but i'm telling you we've got to do something in this factory the quality and again also i'm a big fan of la Polina and the la Polina goldie was one of my favorite cigars and i was like these guys are, are achieving a, a profile that i'm not tasting anywhere else and I've been fortunate to go to many, many factories, you know, many countries, and, and I get to, you know, smoke a lot of really amazing stuff. And so when I went there, I was just overwhelmed with, with what they had. And so Chris goes, yeah, I, I, like, I want to do this. And I was like, well, listen, Sean Williams has a history with these guys. He's made cigars with them for years. Yep. He's, he's the, you know, the ambassador of Cohiba and the blender. I was like, I would love to get him down here. And let's just let's re you know redo something, and I think Cohiba would be the right idea because you know obviously you guys understand the Cohiba that we have, the Cohiba that's at the other side of the world, and and it just everything worked out. It was seamless, and we had a great blend, and that kind of catapulted a lot of the other innovations we've had. And I've been fortunate uh, with with Willie and with Sandy and Giselle. Uh, and the other brand managers to create some really, really what I think impactful products out of there. Uh, and and to me, what what a what a cool thing to have Cuban rollers in the United States rolling a Cohiba, right? And mm -hmm. so to me, and and you know we walked in, they were they were banging the Chevettes, and and these people were some of them came from the Lagito factory. And I mean, it was just, it was amazing to give these guys the opportunity to, to be in our country and roll these cigars. Uh, so yeah, so, so that, it, it meant a lot to me and I'm glad that people, you know, kind of have enjoyed what we've done there. Well, so question I have on this, and, and if you can't answer this or don't want to answer this, just take the fifth. When you went in there, did you say, hey, 
you guys work with the tobaccos you have in this factory and, and come up with this or, hey, we want you to kind of leverage our tobaccos and, and, and do it? How, how was what was the approach you guys took with that? If you can answer that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So we, uh, I, you know, and again, I was fortunate to that being part of like my job description now. Yeah, uh, I was able to go in. I was like, listen we want to do what you like. We want to use what you guys use, right. we, like whatever your secret sauce is. And honestly, they had some tobacco that we didn't necessarily play with a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't want to come in there and go, Hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to bring the tobacco in. This is what we want. There was no guardrails. And, and my thing, and I've been fortunate to be around a lot of experts. I felt they have an expertise. And so I wanted to say, Hey, listen, this is kind of the vision. This is what we want. This is the profile you got. And I'm, I'm telling you, Coop, they knocked it out of the park. It was, I mean, I think we went through maybe two or three blend revisions. And 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 what you got out of that was that original uh, Cohiba Serie M. So I, I certainly did not want to dictate to them any type of parameters on what they right. do. Right. There's a reason they are who they are. And there's mm -hmm. a reason that they produce the cigars that they produce. And and it was it was just phenomenal to work with those guys. Right. No, I get I, I get that too. Um so you had there was a good story with Cohiba. There's a good story with La Gloria because La Gloria has its roots there, right? So that may I, I get I get that the H three that makes a lot of sense. Partigas was a little bit I thought it was an interesting choice, and that's not a negative. Um, because I thought of all the brands in the STG portfolio that needed kind of a just kind of a boost that was the one so what went into kind of what was the decision for partagas to be now a brand that comes out of that and i was talking to partagas the bronze here and aaron corrected my spelling in the notes by the way so thank you yeah so so that's a that's a fair question right so yeah. let's see you know it's it's always interesting right so we uh there's always a challenge for a company our size to create something limited, but also create something that can be distributed to all of our retail partners. Right. And then there's also a challenge between innovation, supporting the core, which obviously, you know, you've been vocal about and you've seen what we've yeah. done. So, you know, as, as a, if we were a purist, I would have said, Hey, this Cohiba Serium is our goldie or whatever comes out of right. there. Mm -hmm limited right but for once us, a year yep, do yeah. 250 yeah once a year 250 boxes what does that do right, right. now mm -hmm. again we're a big company right and that's kind of just that's the nature of the beast right so i i think what we had with cohiba was was easy what we had with the glory made sense because of ernesto and right Cayocho and, and right. everything and I, I think what we were trying to do with partigas was create a new story and create some excitement and any any time you do something for the third time is always a challenge, right? So yeah. I remember telling the guys, I was like, listen, if there's one that maybe is going to have an uphill battle, it's going to be the party just, just because it's the third one, and and which is always a challenge, right? So you've seen companies come out with Liga X, Liga Y, Liga Z, you know, whatever the case may be, and ultimately – all three aren't usually as successful, you know, as Especially the if the first one's really good, it's hard to top it, right? Or, you know, I mean, that's what happens, yeah. Right. So so I'm really proud of what we've done with Partigas at El Titan. And 
and the blends and the, and the sizes are great. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things. We, we found something that worked. And again, it's, a, it's about getting product out and, and giving people the opportunity to, to smoke it. And, you know, the judge is, is at the cash register, really. Yep. He, he, people kind of let you know what they like yep. and what they don't based on what they buy. Um, but out of all three of the projects, three brands, multiple projects, uh, I, you know, I'm happy with, with, with all of them. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, and, and Ben Lee didn't stop the project, which was, you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, I was smoking a, uh, when I was in Esteli, uh, the last time I was smoking a Balmoral that we do for Europe. I was like, Oh, Ben Lee would be pissed right now. Cause it's, I mean, it's a, Damn good cigar. I, I saw it at the factory yesterday being made. I sent it to him. I said, they're still making this. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're still making it. I just, it's not I, coming I, here. I, he says it's not coming here, though. Yeah. No, no, I'm not letting it come back to the U.S. just because I don't want Ben Lee to, to, to be able to smoke any of them. <laughs> oh, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. Uh, he's not even on the – He's. I don't even see him in the in the comments or anything. So I think uh, Ben's, Ben's uh, you know – up there in the it, in the mountains of North Carolina, he may have uh, bears run. He has bears literally on his property up there. I'm not kidding. Like like he's doing a podcast and there's a bear wandering around in front of him. It's happened. Yeah. Oh, it, it suits him. The, yeah. the hillbilly is in his natural habitat there. Oh, you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's turn to another another project. Uh, I remember you told me you were visiting this place, and I knew you were up to something immediately. Uh, it, and I'm talking about uh, this is the Punch Golden Era. Um, you were at the uh, Jerry Tobacco Farm. Uh, I have been there. I, I so I saw you there, and I'm like, uh, obviously, I, and you just wouldn't tell me anything. I said, do you have something cooking with with these guys? You're like, you know, you kind of just said, I'm just busy. I'm, yeah, you know. So obviously you, you did. So again, you kind of take this is punch, which I think punch in in the STG portfolio. It's it's really one of the pillar brands you have. Um, it is. People don't you know it, it punch is but punch is one of the first STG brands. Cao was actually the first, but punch was probably the Cao was still independent when I smoked it. I've smoked a lot of punch. You guys have done very well with punch. Um, but you decided to kind of go and venture to the Jerry Tobacco Farm, to the factory, and, and you created this this new punch, uh, the Golden Era. Um, what came – how did this one come about? Yeah, so, you know, it was interesting. So uh took over Diesel in 2017, and then yep. 2018, the company approached me and said, listen, we really want to start highlighting – uh, our factories and our people and our tobacco and we want to do some collaborations. And so they put me in charge of this kind of collaborative initiative. Right. And I, I, you know, as, as you're well aware, very quickly, I said, Hey, I want to make a cigar with Eric Espinosa. I'm a big fan of right. their cigars. Uh, Hector, you know, obviously is doing great things. And and then Jack, who, who was my counterpart when I was managing the Toronto brand was there. And so, you know, I had a list of people that I wanted to work with. Now, to give you some context, uh, years prior, I brought Regis, uh, the president of our company, over to meet Husco. And uh, I was bragging about his cigar so much that when he met Husco, he goes, Husco, I'm pretty sure that Justin's on your payroll because he smokes your cigars in our office. He smokes your cigars in our meetings. I even gave some of their cigars to our, our CEO, 
Nils Fredrickson. And like, I, I just, as a cigar guy, I was an advocate for what Busto was doing. And obviously as, as, as a, I wouldn't call myself a historian, but as someone who, who's been in love with this category for, for a long time, I obviously knew Julio and Christian. And so I, you know, I really desperately wanted to work with Busto. And, uh, and so I got the opportunity and yeah, I think Coop, I don't, I, I still forget how you found out. But, you sent me a picture. Was, you actually sent me a picture. And oh, look what, yeah. And oh, I knew yeah. where you were yeah. immediately. Like you sent huh. it. And you didn't think I'd know where you were. And I had been there. So I knew exactly where you were. I, oh, well, then I wanted you to know, apparently. They, yeah. I was thinking yeah. some, uh, some conspiracy there. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that's, it's you, you were messing with me and yeah, but, you know, and then I asked you questions and you just clammed up after that, you know? Yeah. So, so obviously they have great tobacco. They have, right. Provo, they have Honduran Cameroon. And so, uh, our factories are only a few miles away from each other. So, I went down there. I, I, I spent a week with Gusto and Julio, and me and Julio, uh, you know, woke up every morning, watched Fox News. Fox yeah, News we, at five in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Every morning, yeah. That's right. Yep. Ate, ate breakfast, and uh, and man, I was just, I was so, I was so honored and excited to just be hanging out with him, who, who, you know, if if there's a table that legends sit around, he, he is a, be a he part is a, of it. He is a character. He's an absolute character to get to know too. He's very yeah. funny. Yeah. So, so, so I was fortunate. We sat there and, and spent a week looking at the fields, working on tobacco, smoking through the blends. Uh, Augustine Garcia, who, who is a Samarano and who runs our factory in Honduras, brought him over and the three of us got together. Well, the four of us got together, started smoking and, and we developed a blend. And I called Chris and I said, listen, I don't know what project you want to use this for, but We've got a banger of a cigar. It is phenomenal. It's different from any profile that we have. And we started going through the brands and, and Punch came up. And I said, listen, I've, I, you know, I've got this idea. We've, I've got this name that we've been holding on to. I've got this, this box and this, this presentation that I wanted to use for Diesel, but I think it's a little too elevated for yeah. Diesel. And so it was funny. Everything came came together and and it's funny I remind the uh, the brand manager of punch now John Hakeem who is who's a phenomenal guy I'm like hey, great guy yeah yeah I'm like this is about as easy as a project that we're ever gonna have I was like here's the box here's this here's the blend and and kind of the rest is history but when, when you see people and again I'm very fortunate to have access to these people but when you see people doing great things and, and kind of uh, have their craft and, and what they're doing. I, I wanted to really work with these guys. Yeah, that's the box. Yep. So, yep. so yeah. And I will tell you that, you know, every, every good thing has an inspiration from another product. So that there's another company that kind of inspired that, that box. And I have literally been holding on to it for God, maybe five, six years. And when this project came about, I was like, man, I've got the perfect box. I've got the perfect packaging. To, to really complement this cigar. And that, you know, that kind of kicked off the relationship that we've had with Aladino. I'm, I will be with Gusto on Monday uh, and we're going to go work another on another vacation. project. Another vacation. Yeah. 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 Right, I'll mark that down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, you know, I didn't, uh, I, I really didn't kind of put myself out in the forefront of it and, and promote it probably as much as I should, but like, you know, I I was just it, it's it's great to be able to work with these other companies, these other factories, 
And, and I got to tell you, we've, we've, we've released a few and we've got some more to come and it's been, it's been great. And, and again, it's nice to, to see something kind of come to fruition from a brand that I've been smoking a lot. And, yeah. and it's been, it's been, it's been absolutely great. And I got to tell you, our CEO loves uh, JRE Lanceros. So, so we're, uh, so we're big Aaron, fans of what, what they're doing. See, Aaron, so for some reason, all the higher ups in the company and I get along really well, but everybody that like is yeah. customer facing <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like me at all. <laughs> because Aaron was the one who said he basically dubbed these guys the king of the Lanceros a few years ago. And and every Lancero look, I'm not a Lancero guy either. Every Lancero they come out with is is a banger, is what I'm just gonna tell you. They just have not missed with the Lancero. And I've been and I'm not a Lancero guy by any means. No, and you know what? It's it's crazy because all of us know how challenging it is. To, yeah. If there's any little bit of issue with the Lancero. You know, it'll, it'll be plugged or it won't burn right. And, you know, most factories like ourselves and many others have, a, a, you know, certain pairs that, that bunch and roll these Lanceros. But whatever Husto's doing, man, it's great. And, I, and but again, with, with Julio there, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, actually, if you guys see, I think over there in the corner, I've got a, I've got a Aladino kind of cowboy hat that I had uh julio sign i think i i think i bugged the shit out of him honestly because i'm sure you did you know, I, yeah it, it was just uh you know I, I again i had the opportunity to spend a week with a legend now this was many many years ago now i've been you know more trips down there than i can count and and obviously we're making a lot of cigars together but to take a historic brand like punch that and i gotta tell you as someone coming from the boutique side one of the first things that shocked me was the size of Punch and the amount of cigars we it, sell. It's a big brand for you guys, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of Punch out there. So to take a historic brand like that and, and make a cigar with with Gusto and Julio yeah. is, uh, I, I feel like was was you know a departure from what people would expect from STG. And honestly, even prior to that, who would have thought that that our sales reps would be selling a Warzone with Espinosa on it? So we've done some we've done some pretty cool things, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, like I said, um, I, I've been a big fan of what they're doing down there. Did you ride in the Geo with him? He still he was driving a Geo. <laughs> he was driving a Geo from like the nineties. The, the dark, the dark blue. The dark uh, blue, yeah. Yeah. He drives this oh, yeah. Geo Prism or something. I forget what it was. It's a Geo. Like they don't even make Geos anymore. It was like an offshoot of Chevy. I remember when it came out. I, I did feel a little good because usually at night Julio will go off and go to his his room and and one night he kind of stuck around and hung out and Gusto goes, well my dad likes you a little bit because he, he's sticking around a little later. He goes to sleep. He was back at sleep at eight o'clock when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So we we hung out. We hung out. A, a, well, since then we've hung out a couple times till the wee hours of the yeah. morning. But again, as as someone who you know admires him a, a great deal and. As someone who's fortunate to see, uh, for lack of a better word, a lot of the bullshit and the the kind of yeah. fraudulent activity yeah. in this industry, I was I was excited to spend some time with yeah. someone who's authentic and and isn't simply a you know a, a, a Facebook uh, yeah. keyboard warrior. There, yeah, I know we know about those guys. Yeah, so uh, awesome. So a couple of others. Um, let's Sancho Panza, another one that you guys brought back. Um, 
and that's that was a, that was a boofy project. So you guys have definitely been putting the emphasis on Sancho Panza the last uh, couple of years. You've done some, you've done an LE, you've done a TAA, which I was really surprised that TAA landing a Sancho Panza TAA. I got a bit, I was shocked because I like I didn't I, I'll be honest, I thought of that always as a catalog brand for a long time. To be honest with you, that's why I was really shocked by it. But you, you guys went ahead and did it last year. So uh, little little history here. The first cigar that I ever smoked in 2009 was a Sancho Panza Double Maduro. And I I told a really good friend of mine, uh, his name's Robert Daigle. Now he's a big executive for Lenovo doing doing great things. But I told him, I said, man, I said, I just uh, I just landed a job. Uh, No, actually, it was an internship back then. I just landed an internship with this Cuban physician who's making cigars. And he goes, have you ever smoked a cigar? And I was like. No, I was like, but my family were tobacco farmers, you know, and he was like, nah, dude, it's not the same as a cigarette. He's like, you need to smoke a cigar. So he hands me a Sancho Panza double Maduro. Right now, if you had told me in 2009 that in 2015, I'd go work for Scandinavian Tobacco Group, which owns Sancho Panza, and and that, like, it, it was, it, I would have never believed you. So when I started this collaborative initiative, after the war zone, I was like, listen, I really want to show some love to Sancho because it's the first cigar I ever smoked. Right. And it to me, it tasted like, you know, again, it just tasted like chocolate and, and, and pepper. And it was just, I was like this, I get it. Like, this is great. And so uh, me and Boofy, we started at the same time. We both started in 2009. He was always a gentleman to me, you know, again, as somebody that was a nobody, and here he is a big dude with Davidoff and his own brand and his jewelry. And so I was like, you know what? It would be really great to try to collaborate with Matt on this Sancho Panza. And so we started doing that in 2019. And then uh, I also had a trademark that we hadn't used in a long time called Los Status Deluxe. So Matt and I, way yep, before yep. the acquisition, we started working on this. And I was like, listen, I, I've got some really good blends that have never been used. And, and I'll give you guys some like inside baseball here. Uh, I took some, some blends that were used before and historic from another factory. And I went to my factory in Honduras and I was like, Hey, I want to make this, but I want to make it here in Honduras. And I want to have like our little flair to it here working with Augustine and these guys. And that's what we have today. Right. So the double Maduro, the extra forte and the natural, are all blends that we like I've been sitting on and didn't really know where to apply them. And so when Sancho came out, I was like, this is perfect. Let's do this. Matt, obviously, you know, we collaborated on the uh the design and boofies on a whole I, I like I like the core packaging a lot. The core packaging came out great on that. Yeah. So the challenge that we had was Sancho had a very loyal uh consumer group right yes guys have been smoking Sancho forever and i'll give you a funny story so this house that i'm in right now i bought in 2020 the 1957 house had to completely gut it take it down to the studs it would have been easier for me to build a house my one of my contractors came in one day and he was chewing on a sancho panza double maduro and and it was right in the middle of me and boofy like reinventing this brand and i said hey and the guy's name's kelly i said kelly I said, that's the Sancho Panza you have there. He's like, yep. I was like, how long have you been smoking that? He's like, 20 years. He's like, I, I order a box of Sancho Panza 
once a month from CI or, you know, famous wherever. And I said, man, I'm actually working on, on that. And, and he literally points his little stubby finger at me and he goes, don't you fuck up my cigar. Don't well, you. Well, have we heard that before? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think him and Ben Lee are related. Yep. He was like, Justin, he was like, I know I'm here working on your house. He's like, don't you fuck up my cigar. And I said, well, Kelly, I hate to tell, tell you, but we're going to, we got a new blend, new packaging. He's like, I don't give a shit about the packaging. Just don't fuck up the cigar. And I was like, well, we still have the originals and stuff. So there was a lot of, it's, it's amazing because. Justin, there was one, a of the lot shell, one of the shells behind you just fell down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, it's funny because there's a lot of, there was a lot of people that were passionate and smoked that cigar, but a majority of them lived in internet catalog. And so again, it being Jack faced this with Tarano, it was like, you'd walk into a shop and everybody's like, oh, we love Tarano. We love Sancho Panza. This is great. Oh, I'll take one box, right? So it, the, the, the consumer base had migrated over to internet catalog. So I wanted, again, a brand that I was passionate about. I wanted to make it relevant retail. And thankfully, it is relevant and, and it's been successful. And thanks to Booth and his, his you know, uh, input and, and working together, and it's it's been it's been one of my most favorite things yeah. that I look back on that we literally took a brand that was dead at retail and has have revitalized it and then made a TAA exclusive and limited. We made one with Oliva. So, yeah, it's I mean, I'm so excited that this brand is doing some things that that, you know, for the last decade it, it, it had not even approached. You know, Justin, um, there are loyal guys with that brand. Um, I have a friend at the old Outland Cigars. Uh, he made a fortune in real estate. The real estate market busted in 2008, and he lost a lot. All right. So he went from smoking like some of the real ultra premium stuff that was out there, like, you know, the Davidoffs, Cohibas, you know, and he really had to just change his lifestyle. And he started smoking Sancho Panzas, and we all made fun of him. Right. And he's like, I want you to smoke these. I'm like, they're good cigars for the price. I mean, for the price, they're good cigars. I'm not saying it substituted what, but he found he found a brand. I lost touch with him, unfortunately. I don't know if he smoked the new stuff, but uh, I know he's doing better financially too. But now, but yeah, I mean, he uh, he got right behind that brand um, when it happened. Listen, so I, I got to tell you, and again, obviously I'm biased, but I'll champion it. it. When you look at a quintessential Honduran brand and blend, this cigar and and. I even gave a couple to Julio and we're, we're talking about how you can smoke them. It doesn't burn out your palate. You can smoke more like this. Sancho Panza was one of those brands many, many years ago that you couldn't open a cigar store without having. It. Yeah. And everybody that smokes cigars had it. Now our, our taste as a culture and people have, has, have migrated now yes. we're into different things, but that cigar has stood the test of time and it's always been consistent. And I think that like, I, you know, and again, it's not about me, but but going back and kind of showing it some attention that it should be, that it should have, and kind of bringing it back out there. Now people are going back and going, man, this is a really good cigar. And I'm like, it's always been a good cigar. It's always. But again, when you work for a big company and you've got 60 brands, sometimes everything can't get the same amount of attention. But that, that Sancho Panza, to me, is a legacy brand. And we finally kind of paid it the attention and the homage that it that it so so rightly deserved. Yep. 
All right, because uh, I know we have a few more minutes. I want to hit on three brands before we kind of wrap it up with you. Um, three brands. First brand, obviously, the one that's near and dear to your heart is Diesel. Um, it seems like you did you did a release at the trade show. Uh, are you still involved with Diesel from from a day to day perspective? So I have a uh, I have a guy now helping me out. His his name actually I don't even know his last name because we all call him Truffles. He he came from a from a he worked for a truffle company. So his name's Joey Truffles. And I got to tell you, this kid is uh, is phenomenal. He he's he's helping take off a lot of the day to day stuff uh, for me. Right. But yeah, I'm still uh, so I'm still in charge of the creative direction of Diesel. Obviously, the blends working with AJ and the cigars. But I've reached a point through contract manufacturing collaboration. Right. At one time, I had like eight. It's funny. I told my my boss, I was like, you know, it was it was. I think it was like 2022, maybe 21. And I was like, you know, 40 percent of what we're launching this year is falling on me and my team. I was like, so there, there's not enough of me to go around, unfortunately. So yeah. So I've I've, I've got a, a a partner in the in the brand now and. Honestly, he's great. And, and so, yeah, so I'm excited to be able to focus more creatively on the brand and not necessarily the day to day stuff. But Diesel is uh, Diesel still got some exciting stuff uh, just around the corner. So, OK, that's good. I mean, I didn't know. I knew you, you took on a lot. That's why I didn't know if that was still something day to day that you were doing. Um, so that was and you kind of came out with a ver that diesel. You came out with very affordable the, the, that, that you came out with this past year. The vintage series, vintage, yeah. Nice so, price on that point. Nice price point on that for yeah. Yeah, that's you know I think we kind of outkicked our coverage a little bit there. Uh, that was something that uh, I've always wanted to do, right? So so obviously people know the the origins of diesel, but what what I think that kind of separates diesel from some other companies is every cigar that we've ever made has come from AJ's factory. Yep. Every cigar we've ever made has come from Nicaragua. So I wanted to highlight that. I wanted yep. to highlight. Uh, you know, the tobacco and, and the people, but I also wanted something that was affordable because diesel was built on affordability. And I've done some things with founders collection, you know, uh, the TA cigars that have, that have kind of gone above and beyond our price point. So I really wanted to have something that if somebody goes, Hey, I want to smoke a Nicaraguan cigar. I wanted this diesel vintage to be an entry level uh, Nicaraguan cigar. And it's been, you know, thankfully again, I've, I've, I'm getting, I feel like I'm jinxing myself, but it's thankfully it's been really well received. Uh, and, and again, it's credit to AJ. It's a great cigar and affordable price. And I think, I, I mean, I would honestly, I would put it up against any sub $10 Nicaraguan cigar, uh, quality consistency. It's got it all. Okay. Good job. Good job. Um, you know, another brand that was at the trade show, um, Room 101. So the Room 101 was at the trade show. I think you guys had – we thought the breakout cigar at the trade show at Ford's was Johnny Tobacconaut. Um, it obviously reflected at the end of the year ratings a lot. Um, it got some high ratings. Uh, I know we have some re we have some stuff on Coop coming up with these cigars. And Ben's already reviewed it by them. Ben really liked it. So Tobacconaut really, I think <laughs> – well, you weren't involved with that one, right? That, 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 that's right. There you go. But no, uh, Johnny Tobacco, I, I really think was yours. I mean, we were coming out of that saying that was the, the like, that was the, like, of your boots, that one. We thought it was going to do really well. Um, 
we it was one of the better cigars. We I actually smoked it after the trade show because Booth we couldn't interview him, so we interviewed him after the trade show. Bear and I, and we smoked. And Barrett already smoked it. He said you got to make sure you smoke it on the show that night, and we did. Or not afternoon. We did an afternoon one with him, and uh, yeah. So I think uh, you know, and and my I'm just my feedback to you guys. That's a great core line uh, that STG should be riding the wave with right now. That could be a great cigar for for over a decade for you to come. I mean, really, it's a good cigar. No, you're absolutely right. And, and one of the cool things that I think we've done, and again, we, we hear the chatter. One of the great things is we acquired Matt and, and our collaboration led to more exposure of what he was doing. And then, the you know, the, the, the big guys in the suits come down they're like, hey, Justin, you know, this room 101, you know, Matt Booth guy seems kind of cool, which led to the acquisition. But we haven't fucked with it. Like it, it's literally Matt doing exactly what Matt did before and with more resources. Right. And, and I won't mention his name, but you know, our, our, our buddy down there that creates, you know, cookie monster cigars and, and uh, you know, take shots in my company all the time. One of the, when he did his little black uh, mirror post and was like, Oh, it's a sad day for the industry. I don't have any, I have one creative equal and maybe that, you know, and he sold out to this, foreign entity and now all the cigars will be produced at SDG. Like if you if you're paying attention and you look at what we're doing, Matt's still working with the same factories he worked with before. He's still creating products like he did before. We're just a support mechanism for that. And so I think that's a testament to what we are in our philosophy is like, hey, we didn't buy this guy to change what he's doing. We didn't buy this guy to mess up the the secret sauce there. He's still doing amazing things. And Johnny Tobacconot is a really good example of him making a cigar outside of our factories that everybody enjoys. And he's going to continue to keep doing cool shit. So, again, I get a little, you know, I get a little agitated when I when when, you know, it's always easy to kind of take punches at the big guy. But again, passionate people, uh, tobacco people and, and Matt's still rocking and rolling, man. And, and we're happy to to have him on board. Nice, nice. Uh, and we're going to be doing a smoking syndicate roundtable in March on that cigar, just so you guys are aware. So the we'll be, various members of the team will be smoking it on the air. So stay tuned for oh, that. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. stay tuned, stay tuned for that. Um, so last question, Justin. Um, Alec Bradley, it's almost a year since the acquisition. What have you guys learned about – what have you guys learned this year in terms of that acquisition? Uh, I'm not going to – you know – Obviously, you, you you went through a whole uh, transfer trade and everything with it, but what what was kind of did you learn? Do you have any lessons learned with that, either positive or negative, as far as that acquisition went? Well, other than discovering that Bradley is an enormous asshole, we well you you made him buy you a thousand dollar dinner. I heard so. <laughs> oh no, you heard that? <laughs> oh yeah, believe me, I heard about that. You stuck him with the bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, no, it's been uh, it's but, the, the money. You, you know, <laughs> man, I got to tell you, I, you know, uh, I knew Bradley before. Not well. Right. Obviously, we, we've gotten to know each other. Well. He, he's one of my favorite people, Alec. And obviously, Alan, I tell Alan, he's the boutique whisperer. Every every person I know in this industry in a boutique, but they've always re they've reached out to Alan in some capacity to get advice on what he's doing. So. As a family, they're great. They're absolutely great yeah. people. But I love, I love, you know, uh, busting uh, yeah. Bradley's balls a little yeah. bit. So I, I would tell you, there's, you know, it's funny, and and again, I think it's, I think we all are kind of 
uh, fall to this perspective where you only can evaluate and you only know what you see, right? Yep. And we all have our own perception. There's a lot of things that people don't see that weigh heavily when it comes to things like acquisitions yeah. and, and things like, and obviously we're a publicly traded company. So you guys yeah. know more about us than most, but there, there's still things that, that, that go into the calculation and the decision-making when it comes to acquiring companies. That being said, Alec Bradley is one of the one of the brands that I think has been a, a, a staple of every humidor across the country. They've done some amazing things. Number one cigar of the year, top fives, and and they've worked with multiple factors. They do great things. So for me, the learning has been one. I, I have such a, a respect and admiration for what Alan did, which is not easy to do. Yep. I also uh, am, am really uh, proud of the way that. His two sons have come up in this industry. They're great guys. They're humble. They know what they're doing. Like I've taken Bradley to Nicaragua with me many times. And I mean, he can talk tobacco with anyone on this, on this planet. And uh, they're, they're, I think we're all excited to see kind of where this brand goes. Now, anytime you, you migrate a company into our systems and our processes, there's things that get cut. There's things that stay. There's learnings that happen, but I think, you know, again, uh, not to the room one, it's a different scale than room 101, but I think the same principles stay intact, right? They're still making cigars at Raices Cubana. They're still making cigars at Jesus Fuego. We're now making some cigars at other factories. So you take a, a family owned company, put them into our company with the resources that we have. And if you're an Alec Bradley fan, this should be the best news that you've ever heard because the cigars that you've known and you've grown to love and appreciate are still going to be there. But there's a there's a new, you know, deep blue ocean there for innovation opportunities. So I think our company's really happy, really excited. And, and honestly, it's been it's been really cool to get to know this company a little better. Awesome. Well, Justin, I know, like I said, you did have a stop, so we, we want to um, honor that. Uh, we do. Uh, I mean, we, if you got any more burning questions, I'm having fun. We can. Do you have um, a couple more know, minutes? I'd like to just yeah. do. I'd like to just do two more segments with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so and then we'll let you go. So Aaron's been Aaron's been pretty quiet. This yeah, Aaron, do you want to ask I, anything? I, I, you you ruined my night, Coop. I, I, I was like counting. I had a, like a timer <laughs> set up here. Like, I don't know if you saw the confetti go off when the timer went off. Like, <laughs> I was all set. And now you like extended this misery for me. Bro, for, like, another... we got we got to We got to talk about your San Francisco Giants at some point, man. We got to We got to He's not a, what's going on. Here. I'm not a Giants uh, fan. Oh, no, you're no, you're not. That's right. You're just you can talk about my A's going to Vegas. You can, that's what you're talking about. That may be. Uh, they're trying to they're trying to stop not, it now. I heard that may not happen. That they're trying to stop it. Like, this is the ultimate clusterfuck that is the Oakland A's. We, we would welcome them in North Carolina. We would I'm sure, yeah. A, a, a pro baseball team in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the mayor's kind of come out. I think there's something to do. I think it has something to do with what's going on with the ho- with the hotel closing. So, so, all right. Speaking of North Carolina, when are you going to get a cigar with uh, like a NASCAR driver or something like that? You know, that's fun. that's a good question. That's uh, that's interesting. I, I actually. Haven't as someone who grew up 30 minutes from Rockingham Motor Speedway, you think that's something that I would have thought of? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I mean, I know. I know I know NASCAR and tobacco is a big deal. Like it was Winston forever, and then yeah. like they had to drop it, you know. But 
Well, we used to, to give you guys some history, we used to pull up our Macanudo bus at NASCAR events. And if, and if you yeah. had a ticketed entry, you got a Macanudo. So we, That's we cool. had connections. I, I believe NASCAR. they were at the Motor Speed with Charlotte Motor Speedway. I've seen it when I first moved down here. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. You know what? That's a good. Uh, that's a good idea. Maybe tell, tell, to Chris, tell Chris. Tell Chris I pitched that. Tell Chris I pitched that. And, and, and yeah, and, and then you need that. to fly me out to North Carolina for a race, and then we'll I'll call it even. Yeah. Hey, we can do that. And also, the Richmond Motor Speedway is about three miles from our office, so you there got you a little go. short there track you there. We or, there you go. Or, or yeah. we can do the Las Vegas race and you know hang out with Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we got three right there. We got yeah. There North you Carolina, go. Richmond, and uh, yeah. Then you got did you come out to California? And go to my local track, which is Sonoma. So get a road course okay. in there. Yep. So it'll be yep. good. Okay. Yep. Okay. I, I like I like where this is going. Yeah. Yep. We might yep. have to. Maybe I can reach out to the king, Richard Petty. He's still there. You go. Still uh, yep. around. Maybe we can yeah. There you go. Yeah. No. It, it, it's uh, yeah. That's a good idea. There you go, Justin. There's something for you to work on. <laughs> I'll, I'll add it to the list. You're gonna be with Chris <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, you're gonna be or Sunday. So uh, starting. You know, you guys have something there. Yeah, after after Eric pitches him all his ideas, I'll, I'll say, hey, <laughs> "We got it." <laughs> you could have. Yeah, he's got Guy Fieri. You could have uh, Denny Hamlin. Something like that. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be. It would have to be a North Carolina. Right? I mean, I would say Earnhardt would be a key, uh, the key one. Uh, if something with the Earnhardts would probably be the key one. But you want you want an active driver. You want an yeah, active driver. That's true. You want an active if driver. they can do if they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yep. look, you got you know Jordan owns uh, owns part of a team. Yeah, he's a cigar smoker. He is. He is. You know? That's right. That's yep. right. Yeah, no, I think it would be good. Uh, I think it would be good for you guys. All right, hey, I got two more questions for you, Justin. Uh, one is the FSG uh beef question tonight. That's brought to you by the FSG Tobacco Farm, and I wanted to know. What steak did you order that night when you racked up the $1,000? I know where you guys went um, in New York. It's one of the more expensive places. What steak did you order that night and put oh. it on and made Bradley? I saw, by the way, I saw Bradley eating tacos on the strip at, at, at TPE. He was? Oh. oh, he loves that, uh, the place right across from Resort World, Tacos El Gordo or something. Yes. That's like his, yeah, that's that's. I was his, like, uh, come on, he returned the favor for this guy. I mean. Oh man! So, what steak uh, did you see. order that night? Okay, so we so here's the thing. Bradley picked out the restaurant, which I'd never been to. It was uh, what was that restaurant? What do you remember? Who the did meat, I, it was the meat meat lock, wasn't it? The meat locker? Yeah, it was like it was like yeah. the meat warehouse. It was like it. It was in the meat packing district. Where you yeah, went. it was like a it was a Tuesday night, and the place was like standing room only. Yeah, oh, I it, 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 yeah. it is a it is a happening place. So. I uh, what did I what, what did I order? I think I ordered a uh, I, <laughs> I think I ordered a fillet Oscar. Of course and you did. We we had we had a couple appetizers, but here's the thing. So Alec Bradley got the number eight cigar of the year, uh, and so I was like, Bradley, we got to celebrate. And uh, he goes, Yeah. I was like, Listen, let's get a bottle of wine. And Bradley he threw out some bullshit number, like a low number for wine. And I was like, Yeah, 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 okay. So I, I have this thing now with Aaron Michaelis, you know, for Flint Knoll. I send him a picture of the wine list and I go, what should I order? Now, anytime you ask a wine guy that, you know, it's going to be, and he's like, oh, right. there's this 2017 vintage, blah, blah, blah. You got to order. And so it was way, way above the number that Bradley threw out. Way above it. And which brought me, you know, great joy. 
And so I said, uh, I said, yeah, we're going to do this. And the, 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 the sommelier comes around and he goes, I've been, we had three of these bottles, two sold this one. I've been waiting for someone to order this bottle. He goes, you really know your wine. And instead of giving Aaron the credit, I go, well, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, a wine connoisseur. <laughs> uh, and so he goes, listen, you guys have excellent taste. And I was like, well, we're celebrating uh, Bradley Rubin's number eight cigar of the year, which Bradley was just embarrassed by, which I also love to do. And uh, so the wine comes around, he pours us a glass, we, we drink it. And I mean, it is, it is, it's perfection. And so, as, as we're like halfway through the bottle, Bradley goes, man, I got to tell you, I think Bradley threw out like a hundred bucks or 150 bucks or whatever, man, like, which is insane. And so he goes, man, this has got to be the best, you know, $150 bottle of wine I've ever smoked or I've ever drank. And I was like, oh yeah, man, this is just, I mean, this is great. He's like, oh, I got to find it. We got to buy it. So then the bill comes. And Bradley, Bradley, the bill comes and he opens up and he goes, motherfucker. And I, <laughs> and I knew exactly how that went down. I said, you didn't pay for that. You're you going to make yeah, him expense that dinner. No, no, absolutely. And so he was like, what? And, you know, I was like, listen, Bradley, it's fine. You know, and Bradley's not, you know, he's kind of new to the company. So he has a little bit of uh, uh, expense account anxiety. And I was like, oh, it's fine. You got the number eight cigar. He's like, this is ridiculous. I was like, it was a good bottle of wine, right? He said, well, yeah, for a hundred dollars, but not, you know, I forget what it was, but it, it was, it was, it was a lot more than that. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, that was a really good time. That was, that was one of my more memorable experiences. I bet, I bet it was. I bet it was. We'll, we'll make up for that in Vegas. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah, Brad. I'm sure Bradley's going to get it back at, at, at some point. Yeah, and Bradley's in Vegas right now for the Super Bowl. At our, we we uh, host a party every year for it's uh, Ron Jaworski and the other. Oh, that's a big party. That's a big deal. That party, yeah, the Ron Jaworski party, yeah. Yeah, so he's passing out Alec Bradley's as we speak. So good yeah. times. Uh, awesome. All right, one more question. This is our Altidus USA uh, ties that bind segment, um, and that is brought to you by Altidus USA. Elevate your humidor at Altidus USA Cigars. Explore top-rated classics such as the Monte, excuse me, the H. Upman Banker Day Trader, Trinidad Espiritu Series Number no. One, Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Edition Diamante, and the Adrian Quattro Nicaragua Sonato. All boasting that stellar 93 rating from Scar Aficionado. Light up, relax, and savor every puff of excellence. So in this segment, ties that bind. I named three things, Justin, and you got to tell me what ties them all together. I think we, you may have been on one of these before. So there's three things I'm going to give you. Um, and you just have to tell me what they all have in common. I think I, you, here's the hint I'm going to give you. It's, I think you, you actually talked about something with this in the show already. So I'll just kind of say that, but here are the three things. Okay. Ready? The first one is Alvin and the chipmunks. Okay. okay. The second one is Charlie's angels. And the third one is the police. And I'm talking about the band, the police. What do they all have in common? Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks, Charlie's Angels, and the police, the band. Uh, what is it? Is it the, what is it, Alvin? What is it, three or four people, maybe? Uh, no. Mm. Yeah. You got uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. The trios. All trios, yeah. Trio. All, all trio. trio. All trios. Right. Which I know you like trilogies, and we were just talking about trios of cigars earlier on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you're paying attention because everything I do is usually in a trilogy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. No, that was that was uh, that was good. That was <laughs> the police is a little before my time, but uh, yeah, yeah, I thought I, I, I rather than throw the three old Teton cigars, in which I did think of. Um, actually, before I said that, I got made a little harder, so that was good. You got it. Yep, you got it. All so, right. Yeah. So Justin. Again, we do appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. I know we, we, we really bust your balls a lot. Um, I don't think people realize the level that we bust your balls. And uh, some of it is maybe warranted. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, I got to tell you, people really enjoy that. My boss specifically really enjoys the, uh, the ball busting there. But, yeah, well, it's, it's, in, it's interesting that yeah. – uh, now that I'm getting I'm a little older, getting some more gray hair, that uh, I'm, I'm I'm still I'm still like the young guy. So that's it's yeah. it's nice. I I enjoy it. No, it's good. Uh, and uh, we'll be we're looking forward to that dinner. Aaron won't be there, so it'll be you know yeah. we'll just you get, you get a break, oh, no, get a break for me there? this year. This year, yeah. Nah, I'm I'll be in Orlando for spring training. So. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah I was in Lakeland, Florida, a few years ago for spring training, and uh, yeah. Awesome games, but uh, yeah. but hey, listen before uh, before you guys sign off, I want to let you know it. You know, it, and again, we we all have fun. We bust each other's balls, which is great. But but Coop, especially for you, I want to let you know, like you know, we uh, you know there there's only a few of us that have been doing this as long as we have, right? And you guys see the brands and the people that come up out of nowhere and and are master blenders and and can. Uh, you know, taste colors or whatever the thing is, the new thing is that they're saying, or, or, you know, whatever that, that case may be, I won't shit on too many people, but, uh, but, you know, you see a lot when you've been in this industry for a long time. Right. And I think this industry has a good way of weeding out kind of the, the, the con artists and the shit talkers and stuff. Right. And there, there's a reason that brands are still around and, and people are still around that, that truly love what we're doing. But, you guys play a big role in that, right? So, so what you do, I think, as a manufacturer, it's important for me to, to say, and I feel like you guys know this, but what you do really matters, right? And you guys, a, a lot of people that maybe don't go to an account that has my cigars or see a rep that sells my cigars, you guys are, are an advocate for, for so many brands and so many things that people are doing. And I don't think that oftentimes you get enough credit for that, right? So it's easy for us to sit back and maybe criticize your point scale or your, you know, whatever your top 30, uh, you know, most uh, affordable cigars or whatever the case may be, or, Hey, how dare you put a Macanudo in your top 10. But, but I, I, I really looking from, from someone that's in the industry and looking outside, I feel like that, that you guys don't get enough credit for what you do because there's a lot of people that I've met in my 200 and, 50 days of traveling for the last 10 years that go, Hey, well, yeah, I saw this cigar on Cooper. Hey, I saw that development palette said this. And so I think you guys have a, have a really good outreach and you're really good advocates for what we do. And I, and I honestly mean this, that I don't think the brands that we have today and the growth of this category would be where it is without you guys and your impact on this. So I just, before you, you know, we kind of ended this, I wanted to tell you guys that, that, we, you know, we really appreciate what you guys do. And, and even a big company like ours, you know, if, if, if something doesn't get a good rating, we analyze it. We're like, Hey, what, you know, what's happening? What, what's the blend maintenance on this? Or, Hey, this one did get a good rating. What are we doing right here? And so, and again, and, and even outside of that, 
just the, the fellowship and the camaraderie and you guys, you know, taking the time to have dinner with us and, and smoke cigars. So I just want you to know, we, we really appreciate what you do and, and it doesn't go unnoticed. I mean, you guys are, are impactful and we appreciate that. And I feel like I'm in a unique situation to kind of uh, empathize and understand that because even in this last week, like I said, that little uh, loser down in uh, Orlando where you're going, uh, Aaron, who, who makes cigars with, you know, paper bands targeted to kids, uh, you know, says things like, oh, well, how dare you smoke the cigar that's from a publicly traded company. But passion's not publicly traded. You know, enthusiasm and, and sacrifice is not publicly traded. And yeah, I'm, I'm in, I work for a big publicly traded company, but this is the only job I've had since I was 24 years old. And the sacrifice and the time at the factories and working with our people and seeing what we've done with education and healthcare and, and impacting these other countries, like you, you can't, you can't substitute, you can't quantify that. Yeah. And again, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cigar product that people get to purchase and buy. And yeah, maybe it's not sexy, you know, maybe it's not the Justin Andrews cigar brand and I'm a third generation Cuban cigar manufacturer, but you know, I, I've devoted my life, my adult life to this industry and I've given it everything that I, that I have. And so I feel like, it, and I, I received the criticism as well, just because it's not a brand that's named after me or just because, you know, it's not my office, but I just want to let you guys know that, that we appreciate what you're doing. And, and even interviews like this, where we have fun and we, we kind of talk, uh, talk shit to each other. Right. Uh, it means something. And so I, I, I hope you guys understand that we really, really appreciate what you're doing and, and hope you keep, uh, keep moving forward. We hey, we appreciate it as well. Um, STG, uh, the company has really always been very good to us. Um, over the years, I mean, I've been uh, dealing with them since 2010. They were, you know, your old uh, colleague Michael Giannini was one of the first guys, and Booth. They were the two of the first guys to actually like even pay any attention to me. So, um, I I I always take that, and we've gotten you know Victoria over the years wonderful support. You know, obviously you, Chris, and, and the other members of the team. So we thank you as well. Um, you guys, and I've been to your factory. I've been to two of your factories uh, in the DR and STGS. I just know you guys have great factories as well. They, they really uh, are well set. I, I enjoyed both tours immensely. So, uh, Yeah, thank you, Justin. I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so remember that when I need a seat at the white dinner on uh, at Pro Cigar. I got you. Oh, cool. I'm not going to leave that one down. No, I got you. We're, we're I, I will be there. Yeah, I will be. Okay. It may just be you and me sitting at a table by ourselves. But, I'll but take it. Like, I, I'll I, take I, it. I was. They sat me in Haiti a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will never make that mistake again. Not happy. I, I swear, I couldn't live that down. I got so much shit talked to me. They're like, "Oh, you got poop over there." I'm sitting in the in, bar in, chair in, over in, in Haiti. I'm like, <laughs> "Oh man, oh no." So, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I, I, uh, so I'm in Honduras next week. I come home for like a day, unpack, repack. I fly to the Dominican on the 19th, so I'll be there for Pro Cigar Sacoon. Yep. We definitely, we definitely got to link up. Are you staying at uh, Grand Almirante? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah man. So so saga I think we have a saga dinner possibly for Tuesday. So uh be yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna try to do that. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll be around. i you know it's funny, this is my third time to the DR in the first, you know, 38, 40 days of the year. So uh it's it's becoming my second uh second home to me. So no, we uh we I, I won't make that mistake again. You'll be sitting right next to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
I'm going to hold it. You, you heard it on the air, everybody. So, <laughs> All right. Hey, Justin, thanks again. Uh, say hi to Chris uh, as well. We look forward to seeing you next month. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Aaron will be missed, but yeah. You'll have Ben, so don't worry. Yeah, I'll catch up with you another time, Justin. Oh, I don't even know if that that's I, I don't know if that's a good substitution or not, Aaron. I might be uh, wishing you were there. There you so go. Now, but hey, thanks, guys. And again, thanks for. I'm still surprised that you guys want to hear from me, but I appreciate. No, no, we invited. we had an opening, and when you said I I'm available, I'm like, well, we have this opening, so you you took it. I know you had a lot. Of, I know you had a lot of stuff going on this week too, and you did do it, so we appreciate that. And awesome. we kept you. We kept you twenty minutes longer of your stop time too. So I do. We we appreciate it. All good. Well, thank yeah. you guys. I really I really enjoyed this. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot, Justin. Justin, take care and uh, stay out. Of, please stay out of trouble in Honduras. I I do have I do have source. I do have people down there who. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, one of the nights. I'm gonna go hang out with the boys at Cavalier of Geneva. So we're gonna have. We're you gonna go. have That's a, the night you get in trouble. That's, that's where you're gonna get in trouble. trouble. So. Brian, if Brian's down there. You're in trouble. Yeah. So. <laughs> Brian Brian Matola is gonna teach me how to play. Uh, 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 dominoes again so he taught me the first time so yeah i gotta mm -hmm. i gotta freshen up yeah i uh i uh he's been bugging me to go down there this year so i want to see if i can make that happen later in the year i told him i said first quarter's out so yeah there you go awesome right. well thank you guys I, I i appreciate this thank you so yep. much thank no you, problem Justin. all right that is the the one and only justin andrews uh here on the primetime show um we have a couple more segments we're going to do. So I was glad we got Justin in for those two. I wanted to keep him for the, the Alec Bradley segment, but I didn't want to. He went way over. So, um, But first, uh, let me uh, mention a couple of our sponsors. Uh, that first one is we talked about Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cooper, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasaran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds, and in 2000, they successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and his son Husso have brought their very own brand to market, and each contain the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. All represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And one we'll Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, you'll find special limited edition cars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company, famous international cigar makers such as Altidus, Padrone, Drew Estate, and many more. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount cigar prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine has selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar Aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. Place an order online at Corona Cigars' website or visit one of Corona's five central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And speaking of Cavalier Gene, we're going to mention those guys again uh, at Cavalier Cigars. Smoke gold and stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars. And on Facebook at Cavalier Geneve Cigars. That's Geneve, G-E-N-E-V-E. Visit local tobacconists. Join the movement that has Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded highly by cigar lovers everywhere. It's all as high ratings by the cigar industry press. And, of course, follow them on Instagram 
at Cavalier underscore cigars because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. And we get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment uh, brought to you by Alec Bradley. 500 cigars are set a fire in this country every minute. A staggering statistic. Wait, that's a good thing. All those folks relaxing with a fine cigar. The trouble is a lot of those cigars aren't worth remembering. They're just plain forgettable. That's why you should pick up an Alec Bradley cigar. You'll taste that baby and say, mm-hmm, I'll remember you, Alec Bradley. Learn more at alecbradley.com. So, Aaron, um, this is a little exercise. I was hoping we could have Justin on for it. I didn't want to – I know he had a, a time constraint. I think he's got to get up tomorrow. Um, so – Little background where I, this is kind of a little statistics exercise. We on the jukebox show, okay? Mm-hmm. We we got put on a whole bunch of press release stuff, and I mean, a lot of this came because of Taylor Swift. And I don't know, we and so my inbox has been flooded for weeks with press releases around statistics. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, most of them are, are just plain forgettable, to be honest with you. But there was one that caught my mind this week. Um, and I'll bring up the, the thing to show you. Um, it was a list of the fast, it was a list of fast food places with the most calorific intake. And they had, okay. there's five things I have listed here. Um, and the idea that I wanted to do here is I wanted you to see which one, uh, and I have the answers, which one, let's see what you can guess the one to five here, um, okay. which is the most caloric intake. Uh, they called it calor- highest caloric intake and unhealthiest menu items. Now, all these kind of have, these are kind of not for one person the way they did this. Right. So they're, they're all kind of things that are meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they still have a very high caloric intake. Right. And here are the five things. Moe's nachos with every topping they have. Yeah. Hardy's 12-piece fried chicken with six biscuits. Okay. Pizza Hut's loaded pepperoni feast, large cheesy bites pizza. So that's like a pepperoni pizza where they have cheese like embedded in the crust, basically. Right. Little Caesars Detroit-style five-meat feast deep dish pizza. So that's five meats on a Little Caesars pizza. And Papa John's Philly cheesesteak XL stuffed crust. So it's three pizzas and there's two non-pizzas on here. And these were the top five. There were other ones on here, but I just I kept it to the top five here. So I'm not familiar with Moe's. What kind of place is that? Is just uh, Moe's is or? like fast. It's Moe's text. It's 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 kind of like uh, I don't want to say Texas, but they have like burritos. They have nachos. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. stuff like that. Got so it. it's pretty popular in the East. So they have this nacho, and they just load up the nachos with with a lot of stuff. Um. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. So the thing is, there's like you got three pizzas on here, right? So they're, yeah, they, I think they're all going to be fairly similar. Mm-hmm. And Maybe where they're at. Um, I'll t- uh, mm. uh, let's go with the chicken for number one. Bingo, you got it. That's just that a lot. I, the 12, 12 pieces of chicken is yep. just a lot of food. I mean, yeah. Um, I understand and, pizzas are big, but yeah, you got that one. Now you nailed it. Uh, and it was by a landslide. That one uh, it okay. had sixty four ninety calories, which was almost two thousand calories more than the second one. So you which got is, that one, yeah. Which is uh, interesting because I think um, Carl's Jr. was like the Western version of Hardee's, but they, 
Carl's Jr. doesn't have uh, chicken. Yeah, so they like Hardee's must be slightly different. And then you style. guys have like green burrito or something with with. Tom. They're they're in Carl's like they're in the same building as one yeah yeah, but we don't have that here. We don't have yeah. that here. Okay, yeah. But your Hardee's actually was formed by Kale Yarborough. Okay. Uh, yeah, was, I mean, I they definitely were a big sponsor in NASCAR. Yeah, so. and and Hardee's is a, a a they're primarily in the southeast. They weren't yeah. really. We had one in we had one on campus when I went to Rutgers. Actually, that's where I first heard of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but but back then it was different than Carl. They actually have kind of blended the menus over the years. So right. now the menus are, I'd say, there's a, the burgers are very similar and everything. Uh, okay. But yeah, but yeah, the fr I've never had the fried chicken at Hardee's. I, I gotta be because we have other chicken options that are I think better. But okay. yeah, the Hardee's one was a landslide, sixty four ninety. All right. So if I can, I just kind of pick spots. Do I have to go in order? Can I pick a you spot? Can pick can, I say, you want. can I say Moe's is five? Moe's is not five. Oh man, I thought that would have been the, like the lightest of all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, if Moe's is not five, hmm. Yeah, two to five are close or closer than like, like Hardy's was a landslide winner in this. All right, so here's my debate for two. Uh, it's my number two is between Pizza Hut and Papa John's. Um, and it's probably stupid because of the five meat on the Middle Caesars. Uh, let's go Pizza Hut for two. Pizza Hut is not two. Damn, but you had the other one right. All right, so. Papa John's is two. Papa, jo Papa John's was two at forty five ninety. Okay, and then it's Pizza Hut three. No, Little Caesars is three. Little Caesars is not three. Fuck, Moses three. Moses was three at Moses was three. Yeah. Wow, I don't know how you could put enough stuff on nachos to make. They have it a lot of meat more than and a, stuff that they throw on there. Yeah, more than an XL stuffed crust pizza. Yeah, Holy and sucks. it was at forty three thirty four, and that's if you take every topping and like do it the way they do it. All right. Uh, so you're you're down to four and five. Uh, um, let's go Little Caesars and then Papa John's. Correct. Oh no, All you right. meant you meant Pizza Hut. Oh, flipped. Uh, uh yeah, Little sorry. Caesars. Little, yeah, Little Caesars and then Pizza Hut. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. All right. All right. So it wasn't you weren't that far off. Uh, yeah. I have not had most of these things to be honest with you. I have um, not had any of these things. I've had not Moe's is probably the only thing I've had on here. Okay. Yeah, they had other ones on. They had like a, they went down to ten, but there were there were chains that I didn't think you might be familiar, with, like Shake Shack and Culver's. So uh, I I, did, I just kept it to the five here. Yeah, and I mean, depending on the food, I mean pizzas, I don't can, yeah. like throw in the fast food category, but yeah. you know maybe Little Caesars because you can get like a hot and ready or something. But. Yeah, yeah, uh, just a calorie can take. Moe's was forty three thirty four. Little Caesars was thirty five hundred even, and Pizza Hut was thirty one fifty three, which surprised me. Yeah, I, did, I would thought that one was higher. Yeah, yeah, there I would have thought go. that like Papa John's and Little Caesars were a, bit, a little bit more health. Yeah, not, not saying they're healthy, but yeah. more health conscious companies. But yeah. I guess Pizza Hut's got it. Yep, no, uh, definitely is the case. Um, and uh, like I said, I, if I you know if I get some of these that are interesting, I'll I'll pull them up there. But uh, this was just you know uh, done by uh, a company called Pricelisto, Pricelisto.com. So that's who did yeah. this uh, survey. And I'm like I said, I'm getting, I've gotten some weird stuff. Like I've gotten the ones I get the most that are annoying, and I won't. It's like Taylor Swift gaining or losing followers. Who's gained and losing? <laughs> it, uh, and she's gained followers. I'll just tell you that. So right. uh, anyone say they want. So 
Uh, yeah, so no, good job, Aaron. That was a good job there. So uh, Aaron, pretty much, you came pretty close. You were in the range with that. Yeah. Uh, tough exercise. Like I said, considering you haven't, I, I hadn't had most of these either, but uh, yeah. I guess Hardee's was clearly the unhealthiest meal. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, fried chicken. That's that's probably my favorite thing on would be my favorite thing on the list is the fried chicken. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, you know, but if you came to North Carolina, I would absolutely not take you to Hardee's. I mean, it would be yeah, Bojangles. You, it's you not. Go, yeah, you go to Bojangles or Dave's Hot Chicken would be the places yeah. I would go to. Yeah. Um, which are Dave's Hot Chicken is really good. So, uh, we have another place called Slim Chickens now that's kind of coming around. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So there you go. That was uh, our um. Alec Bradley Live True segment. Um, I was hoping to stump Justin on that one, but all right. We have our Espinosa This Day in Sports History question. It's a baseball one tonight. Uh, brought to you by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinosa 601 and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day, and get into a Lazona state of mind. So uh, I did see Hector last night, so uh to Hector um, as well. But all right, so the question is, today is February 8th, and we're going back to February 8th, 1982. And on 19, in 1982, this team broke up, which had been the longest standing infield in um, the history of Major League Baseball. So what I mean by that is, when I say longest standing infield, it is first base, second base, shortstop, and um, third base. Third base. Who is that team? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure about this one because that's like a little before you. But, yeah, a little bit before me. But yeah, it. Uh, you know all the players, I'm sure, on here, and then you, you know all the don't players. Know... But it's not like me having them like all the infields for all the teams at that time just doesn't register for me because I'm like yep. I'm trying to think of like who came in the game around there that would have broken up an infield, and you're thinking like. Um, I can't remember like the years like that. Uh, this team had a lot of success in the late seventies, and would win a World Series in nineteen eighty one. So I kind of gave you the I probably gave the team away at that point. Is that the O's? No, no. Hmm. They had a lot of one in eighty one. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, the other hint I'll give Royals? you Royals, not the Royals. Ah, shit. I, I don't know. I don't know okay. who won in eighty one. Okay, so I'll tell you what it is. It was the Dodgers. Mm, so the Dodgers okay. had um Steve Garvey at first, Davy Lopes at second, right. Bill Russell at third. I mean, so shortstop and Ron and Say, Say at third. Yeah. And they Say traded Lopes to the A's. Yep. Because the Dodgers won the series in, in eighty one and then they kind of they kind of went down in eighty two. Uh they kind of uh they, they just didn't have a good year in eighty two. That's the year uh that's when the Braves I think won the division that year. So yeah, that right. was but yeah, they, they had um and they had, had a uh that they had, had uh that starting infield. For the most part, you know, they didn't play 162 games, but these sure, were sure. from nineteen seventy four. So that was eight seasons they had that intact with that yeah but there you go i thought that was uh i was hoping to stump justin with that one too (laughs) Uh, yeah that was a tough one if you didn't know the the the, yeah uh, yeah uh yeah but there wasn't a good one i could give you that was a little when your time came so right right. i tried to yeah i could i could have gave you a night like 
I I, I could have gave you a 1916 one. You would have known it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did not go to the Caribbean uh, series, though. Miguel's been down in Miami. I didn't yeah. have time to do that. So, right. All right. So um, we got one more segment. Aaron and I got to talk about TPE. I'm going to pose 10 questions. We weren't at TPE. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, but these are questions just from what we've observed from afar. So uh, we're not, you know, we're not trying to cover TPE, but we'll, I have questions I want to pose because I think we all heard a bunch of stuff. But first, uh, let me kind of uh, crank out the last couple of sponsors. Uh, I want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elver Hall, J.C. Newman's premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, the American, and the Angel Cuesta. The J.C. Newman Pencil Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua. It's where Brickhouse, Pelo de Mar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yago cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco A. Fuente, the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic of education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You can try the Casa Cuevas line, the Cuevas Reserve line, and their latest release, the Sangre Nueva. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your old for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars, from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust Industry Deliberation segment, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included nine consecutive top three appearances on the half-wheel consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Corita Tricky Traca, and number one cigar of the year in both 2022 and 2003 with the Mi Corita Black. Visit DTT Cigars, find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Aaron, we were not a TPE this year. Correct. Um, but I think we observed a bunch of stuff from uh, either social media or just talking to people. And I think it's safe to say it was a disappointing TPA for the premium cigar business. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think we're here. I mean, I've seen enough photos and enough videos, and I've talked to enough people saying um, attendance was down. Um, I talked to one company that said they had a good – a good TPE, like it was profitable for them, but it wasn't as profitable as in the past. So mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, I think coming out of that, there's some questions I have. Um, and uh, I have 10 questions that right. will be here. The 10th one's more open-ended, I think, but there's no wrong answer here. So here's my first question for you. And I think this is an interesting one. Does TPE rebound we're, all this is related to premium cigars, okay? Right. So, does TP rebound in 2025 after a disappointing 2024? And I've heard I would some, say I would say no. I'm saying, uh, no, but I'm people are telling me yes because they think telling, that. New, why are they telling you that? Because they say they're not going to go to New Orleans. People are going to decide not to go to New Orleans. Yeah, I 
You know what? People say a lot of things, and then when it times comes time to make things happen, they, they right go, go with where the crowds go, right? Yeah, I'm in um, agreement with you. I think I don't think it yeah, rebounds at all. I think with P, I, I think with them so close. I mean, obviously they're, they're going to be further apart next year. Yeah, um, by a by a month or so, but um, it's still too. I think it's still too close to make sense for people, um, on the retail side. Um, yeah. I've heard some people say, "Well, you have an extra few weeks." I, I don't buy that. I don't. Yeah, think it's I just that don't. Much of a, like, yeah, unless there's a heavy release schedule happening at TPE, I don't see what the extra. I don't see why buying early. What that does. Um, that's not a, a prime selling time of the year, right? Yeah. So, I don't. I, just, I at least for next year, I don't see it. I don't see it being I, that way. I, think, I don't. You know, companies are I, manufacturers are still trying to get their bearings and how to. You know, are they going to have cigars that are ready to present even at the at trade show this year? Are that you know what what does the shipping timeline look for those? And then you know now are they going to actually be in a spot where in twenty twenty five everything's close? You know more ready for that show so that they can show stuff that's ready to go at that point. So you know I think you know people could have bought at TPE this year and probably have they have a bigger window of when stuff was actually going to ship. Versus what's going to happen next year, where that's going to be actually they'll be able to ship closer to the show in twenty five. So, yeah, um, it seemed like, and I don't have the exact um who's who, but most of the stakeholders stayed home. Like the companies mm -hmm. went, yeah, but they did not send. There was not a lot of, and I'm talking the larger companies here, so. and, that, and that's been the case for some time, for, you know, for a few years. Well, the one thing that remember twenty twenty. They did that award ceremony, and that got a lot of the bigger names out there. I remember. Yeah, but it got some of the big names just in for the ceremony, and that was that. Right. And some just came yeah. and went. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, I just I don't. I mean, Justin was there, but uh, you know, I, I know Eric wasn't there for Espinosa. I don't know if Jonathan was at the booth for um, TPE this year. I, I, that I can't answer. I didn't ask right. that. I forgot to ask that. I know Raphael wasn't at Altidus this year, but he had his mm -hmm. his team was there. I'm not, and this ain't knocking but you know sometimes i think that does play into people want to see these some of these people right. so you know but here's my next question and it's come so we're kind of taking the assumption they're not going to rebound on this next year yeah so if they don't rebound after the this year do they stay the course with this show namely they they just continue to try to have an area for premium cigars and they do it in january yeah i think they do um, i think they, they, they have think this they have the the you know Cigars are an afterthought in this show. Um, yeah, they're yep. you know the I don't I don't know what the actual space is, but it's at least seventy five percent is non cigar related, right? So yeah. uh, probably more than that. You would you would at last year, right? Uh, I was there last year. Yeah. Yes. How did it compare to twenty twenty? Was it did it look like it grew like from twenty twenty? Some people told me it did. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say it did grow. Yeah, from twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was. Because we were we were starting to ask the question that you know is PC in trouble is TPE gonna you know leapfrog we them and take over right right so right we, we definitely had seen that kind of um, possibility happening based on how pe serious people were taking it yeah um, but um, yeah I think it definitely took a big step back this year based on you know, time schedules and all that stuff yeah. so um, but yeah I mean I I think you know. They can carve out the space for cigars for as long as they continue this show for the other 
products, right? So I don't think that there's anything where they're going to completely say we're not doing cigars anymore. Right. If people want to have that some of that space and you know pay for that space, right. um, I think it. I think the only reason it would disappear is if people pretty much decided they weren't coming. You know, the 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 exhibitors. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be uh, Cree Texas saying you know, we're stopping with cigars. I think it would be the other kind yeah. of the other way around. They would just yeah. see the writing on the wall and say, all right, we have to, you know, we can't, I mean, you can, you know, we can have three cigar uh, brands here, but we're not going to have like a dedicated space. You're just going to be kind of over here in the corner somewhere or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, that's what my, I, I'm in agreement with that one as well. Um. So that being said, you know, you mentioned that there was a, People, some people have agreed with me on this. Some people have disagreed. Well, maybe us on this, but you know, it. I definitely think TP was making a run when 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 PCA was in trouble, mm-hmm. like when when things started coming off the wheels in 2019. TP tried to come in and, and be an alternate trade show, trade show, and a lot of people um started jumping on that. Especially, uh, you know, the 2020 show gets canceled, then two, they come back in 2021. So my question is, is this experiment with TPE of trying to become uh, a a viable alternative for a premium cigar uh, trade show over? Uh, I I don't want to say it's over, but as long as the shows are this close together, it's not going to be um, it's not going to be the same kind of a comparison um, that, you know, one could take over the other. Um, unless PCA like kind of implodes on itself, right? Um, and it just becomes you know triples dues and triples costs for you know exhibiting. Ex- you know they do something that would just turns people yeah. away. I think that they've done enough to improve things. That yeah. if you said, all right, these are these shows are two or three months apart. Um, I'm probably only going to go to one of them. Which one I'm going to go to? there's only one answer that's correct. Um, and that's where what we've seen kind of happen this year. Um, so like, like we just talked about in the previous question, it, it could still continue on and maybe it stays around the same size or maybe it shrinks a little bit, but it can still be going on. Um, and then we don't know what the future holds for dates as, you know, once we get past what, whatever's happening in new Orleans. Right. So, Maybe it goes somewhere that's really undesirable, or maybe it changes dates again that's further away, and then it becomes, hey, we can do yeah. two shows in a year kind of a thing. So yeah. there's always a chance that it still can do that, but as long as the dates are really close and and PCA is still kind of on that upward trend of making it a, um, you know, very attractive, then I, I don't see how it's going to work. I, I don't either, and I don't see them moving this trade show, TP's trade show, out of January. Unless they can't get the venue, that yeah. would be the only scenario. I think you know because again, you said seventy five percent of this um, is not premium cigars. Yeah. Uh, that's driving the business here, um, and it's it's they, you know they call it now total product expo. The idea is you know it's the all the they were trying to do some other alternative stuff, although I don't think it's really taken off like the way they wanted. But um, I don't see them moving that. Uh, the only way yeah. I see them moving it is if they can't get the January dates, and, and my feeling is they'll push it to the second half of the year if that happens. But right. the other thing is if, if New Orleans implodes on the, on the PCA, like if they just can't, if New Orleans is just a disaster for them 
I think there's I I think there's some risk of New Orleans, but I I have a little more confidence they're gonna pull it off pull it off, um because I think they're thinking ahead with it right now. So yeah, I mean, um, it's I, it sounds like things are you know they've got a good plan for what they want to do to try to be able to get people together and stuff like that. But if it doesn't work out, and then they try to do multiple years there, you know, then maybe it's <laughs> the year after doesn't work so well for them yeah yeah so because in vegas in vegas even if the pca fails in putting together uh after hour things it doesn't matter because you have vegas to fall back on right in new orleans it's not it's not the same way obviously you can go to new orleans and have a good time and you know the weather was a big deal before in 2015 when it was just so hot that you didn't want to like bounce between a restaurant you were going to and trying to find a place to smoke, but um, it's, it does, doesn't, I don't know that it, it, I don't know that the people going to the trade show, just if you drop them off in new Orleans would be able to easily have as good a time as they can in Vegas. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. So, um, and then the only thing is, yeah, like I said, um, and I think these next questions will, will maybe tie in a little more with that. You know, when, when we, my old company used to have their sales, kickoff every year in vega vegas and it was january is a huge month in vegas for conv- people i don't think people realize people want those january dates and we were always sandwiched in between the uh the avn awards which is a porn convention and yeah, the builders the builders convention which is huge yeah so we were always sandwiched in between those like literally the porn convention was breaking down as we were coming in for our sales meeting for a week and it, it was a big company i worked for people it was we had a huge sales force so it was big yeah. Uh, was it a public day? And then, um, obviously the builders thing and CES would also be parallel with, with all that. Right. Uh, yeah. Usually CES was uh some like somewhere like around those times. So it's a big month, January. I don't see TP giving up prime real estate if they have the option to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So let's say TP is in some decline right now. Is the cigar industry feeding into this decline right now? Like so, at a company is it? Is somebody's on the companies that okay, you're showing up, but you're you're not really showing up with your A game. No, I don't think so. Um, I think you have to bring the the right size party to the event, and uh, that I think that's what they're doing. Um, I just I just don't know if you had the like if you brought the principals, would more retailers show up? Like I don't know. That's gonna happen either for tpe yeah um it's just not it the release schedule isn't there the buying time isn't there in january um i don't think it's the scar industry's fault yeah i think a little bit of it is right because i just don't think there's anything viable that's coming like some companies i think did a good job like i think altidus did a really good job they they did four releases for tpe mm-hmm. um but a lot of companies, you know, I see them again. It's it's the bundle offerings, it's the short filler stuff, um, those types of things. But that's the market at that show, you know. That, if, I, I, and other I was other say, than I the say. normal cigar retailers, if you're if you're trying to get those um, convenience store buys, those are the products that you're going to sell. Yeah, I just don't know if that's enough. You know, again, like if someone's going and buying quorums, they they don't need to go to a trade show to buy quorums. Yeah, and I think Charlie, you know, Charlie was writing some of that stuff too. He 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 had a very good analysis, you know. You know, he's saying like there's not enough incentives for these type of products to go out there. Um, 
even though like some of the retailers are hosted, meaning that their bill is paid for uh, mm -hmm. because they're at a certain level. Uh, media is paid for as well. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I don't, I don't see any, um, yeah, I don't see that. Uh, I, 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 I kind of agree, but I also think it's just, to me, it's, there's not enough interest with some of this stuff. So, yeah. but I understand what you're saying. There's a different audience with that. So, yeah. All right. The next question, and I'm kind of, I don't know if you remember PCA in the early days of this. So does the cigar industry benefit from being part of a bigger tobacco show? So it's not only TP specific, right? Because there was a time that IPCPR would have these products there for a long time in the early days. What are you talking? Which products? The non Vapes, hookah. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I remember yeah, that, those yeah, days. Yeah. And I always said, I always said it was kind of funny because um, the va like the attendance declined when they basically kicked the hookah and vapes out, and they did it because yeah. they didn't want to be, they didn't want to compete with um. They, it was a whole FDA thing. So my question is, are they better off like having that other audience that may come in and see their products, basically? And that's what TP does. Yeah. See, I don't know. I mean, uh, the first couple of years that I went to the trade show, they did have the other products. So you'd have the vape companies and yeah. uh, like um, hookah companies. And then you had like other vendors that were selling other stuff, like cell phone cases and uh, tens units for like, you know, electric massagers, like mail enhancement like products were even sure, there. Sure. I remember the mail enhancement products. Um, I mean, I didn't, it didn't bother me that they were there. Um, the only thing that really bothered me is some of the like the cell phone case people were pretty aggressive in their in their sales tactics, but um, it didn't bother me. But um, also, I don't like I don't know the details in in regards to did it provide a benefit. You know, maybe there was higher attendance, but like did yeah. I, did that bring more sales to the cigar brands? I I don't I don't know. Um, was, they were not really welcome. I could tell you that because of the. The engagement tactics were very different with them. They were the kind of people who grab you off the aisle, kind of. Yeah, and I think the, I think I want to maybe it was the first year I, I was there. They were fairly mixed in, and then like the second year I, I was they there, moved them they separate like, into yeah. like a a corner or like yep. a in the back kind of yep. thing. So that and, then, um, and they weren't happy about that. I remember? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I obviously I haven't gone to every retailer in the country, but you know. Most of the re the retail shops I go into are you know uh, premium cigar focused. Um, yeah. You know, have a bar and things like that. But so if that's if that's the strategy that the organization wants to go on, and you know that's their um, membership base is premium cigar retailers, and you know they want to kind of just stick to that. I'm I'm fine with that. If that's the show that they want, no problem with that. And you know sure. if they want to just continue with that, and they don't want to be included with other products, I that's, uh, that's fine. I'm in agreement with you on that 100. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Does the cigar industry benefit from having an alternative show like TPE? Like a yes. second show? See, yes. I think it does. I think it does. I think there's room for both shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Now with them close, there's not that really much room right. for both shows. But um, I think TPE's presence from 2020-ish forward has... Uh, kick PCA in the butt a little bit to do some improvements and it move did, things it forward, did. It right? It definitely did. It definitely did. So when you saw TPE, you know, doing those kind of uh, kiosk type setups for really cheap and people can, you know, do all that stuff, right? what happened? It. Now the BCA has that same kind of a setup in that, you know, yep. in that area. So yep. 
they did. Competition is good for industries, right? Yeah. Once there's no competition, then your dues get crazy high, and right. your your floor space for exhibiting gets really high because they're the only show in town. And same thing as when we the whole worry about when the FDA stuff came down, that all oh, this consolidation was going to come, and you couldn't get any new products, and all these products that you enjoyed from these boutique makers were going to be taken off the shelves, and now you're going right. to have to choose from these X number of brands, like. That's the scary thing, but you know, having two shows is definitely a benefit. Yeah, and you know, I I, I look at some small companies that I think have benefited. Casa Cuevas is a small company, and I think they've benefited from a TPE where maybe PCA is still a little big for them right now as a brand. Right, I get they have a factory in it, but their brand is still relatively, relatively small. Um, with that, so um, I I definitely agree. Agree, and I think Drew State. Uh, we'll get to this. We'll talk more about Drew State in a second. But uh, you know, Drew State has a market, and they, you know, they have products that could be put in convenience stores. So, um, so yeah, I I think that it is. Um, I think if if PCA went to late May, it would be ideal. I think then you would get it. I think if they did a like a mid May show, I think both shows can coexist. I, I don't think it'd be any earlier than mid May. Yeah, I think otherwise you're gonna. It's just too much. Um. And and the other thing I always say is that retailers, they're like you go to like you're and I I'm enough around enough retailers when they're walking the trade show floor they're not walking to get photo op they're getting photo ops right but if they're not buying I can't tell you how many times I've had a manufacturer say to me why isn't retailer so and so not stopping at my booths and you know um, right. they they can't afford to stay there for that long so um so yeah uh, but I do agree there is a it, there it is viable. All right. So the next question is, so all four, the big four were all at TPA this year. Right. Right. Do they lose any of the big four in 2025? Um, I don't know the background details about like the relationship with Cretech and the, those brands to know if they have, I, I'm assuming that they have pretty decent relationships that Cretech is buying or distributing a lot for those brands. So with that relationship in place, I would say probably not. Like those brands are going to support at some level. Maybe they don't have as big a footprint. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's tough for those for those guys to pull out if they're moving a lot of product through Cretech. Yeah, I I I a hundred percent agree with that part. You know, I I think like Drew Estate and Altidus have have mass market products that they can sell there. Yeah. Right. So I I, I think maybe they whether they reduce the footprint, I, I don't see them going anywhere with that. Uh, and they certainly could still use it to launch a premium product. Um, Davidoff, you know, they did the, uh, this year they were focusing on a Davidoff product, which was those Panatella, those little tins, you know, the Winston Churchill. Yep. So, uh, it's, it's not a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a, uh, white label type of thing. And I keep going with Davidoff. I think Zeno, um, you know, we were talking to Jack a few weeks ago. I, I think Zeno, they've rebranded, they're changing the direction of Zeno. So Zeno could definitely be viable to... STG is the one I'm just a little puzzled on uh, if they mm -hmm. if they do it or not. But I think they have such a small presence there that why wouldn't they send someone there? So right. I, I think they'll all still be there. But and and I think the point I didn't think about the Cretech point till you just said that. Uh, I, you know I know a lot of Drew Estate product, but it moved through Cretech. I mean I remember going to the Cretech booth and I saw more like that's when they had Ventura and I saw more of the other products that I did. Um, than the Ventura products. Yeah. So that, that told me the story and I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. 
can TP get the media back at the show? There was not a lot of media. I don't, I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can. Um, and, and, they're, and they're doing everything right for the media, by the way. This is not a knock. It's, it is, yeah. Most of these guys can't afford to go twice, and if they're going to go, they're going to go to PCA. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. With PCA moving, it's just become like I know, I know that you, your schedule in the first quarter is different than a lot of other media because you go to a, the um, some festivals as well, right. so it really packs it in for you. But a lot of the media, I mean, uh, when I'm talking media, I'm talking about kind of like our digital media and stuff like that. They're not going to those types of festivals really that frequently. Um, but yeah, two trips to two trips out in the first quarter or first four months of the year um, makes it really tough. Um, yeah. TPE is a shorter show, so it's not about as long time, as much time out there. So your, right. your flights don't give you as much value, I would say, um, even though you're going to, you might be getting a couple of nights of the room comped. Um, there's just no, I don't think there's a lot of ROI uh, going to TPE. There, you don't have a lot of products that are um, being launched. Um, you could definitely get FaceTime with people because it's not that it's not as busy as PCA. Um, so you can have FaceTime with people, but it's depending on are the people that you want to talk to there since the principals aren't always there from the brands. Um, there's not a lot of products to cover if you're doing new, you know, new product coverage. Um for 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 people that aren't based near where it is, it's a it's a no. Uh for yeah. someone like me, that's you know, it's a quick, cheap flight. Um, and they're covering a couple nights of the room, no big deal. Um, so yeah, I think anybody, uh, anybody kind of east of the Rockies, uh, probably a no. So yeah, I cut back some, I, I opted to just do two things this quarter, uh, pro cigar and, um, PCA. If I didn't go to pro cigar, I was probably going to pass on TP as well. And my feeling is the money I could have spent at, 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 uh, and this is not TP by the way has been great with the media. This is not a knock yeah. on them. But the money I still would have to spend and travel and, and other costs, even though they're covering some of those costs, I could put that back into PCA. And the PCA cover. I mean, TP things just dwarf, dwarf the PCA coverage. It's not even close. So I, I really can't justify the time and the money I would have to spend. On. Now, I told some of the, like, the, the other Coop guys, if they want to go, I'm not against it either. But I don't, but I don't think we would cover it. We certainly wouldn't do video. I, if anyone went, it would be for relationship stuff to go out there, right. and, and which is, I think, totally fine to use a trade show for that, and then you do a, a recap show. That's kind of what we did in 2020 when we were all there. We did the TP recap show. Um, yeah. So, and that was a, you know, so, so yeah, I, I don't think they go back. I don't think they're going back. Um, unless, yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't think unless, yeah, unless there was a date change again for PCA yeah. and it went back, or the or TPE move the date, um, and there was you know things progressed, and there was more right. product launches there, and all that stuff. That until right. that happens, I don't see the most. Yeah, I mean, back I don't there. see half will stay in home ever. I think they would maybe send less people. Um, That's the thing. Like, they could they could choose to stay home because they, of, the, of how packed the first half, first part of the year is. It, you it know? is, yeah. Uh, like Kevin Acuff went out there, but he lives in Vegas. So I mean, yeah. Kevin Acuff was doing coverage, but he was he lives there. It makes some sense to do that. There's not a travel yeah. piece with that. If you if you can go back to your home, your house, the house after that the night. show, yeah, yeah, you, you have you have zero expenses, yeah, really for it. You get into the show for free. You yeah. you know buy something to eat for lunch, and then that's your cost. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I mean, um, like I said, poor, you know, Bradley's eating tacos, you know, and Justin's yep. probably eating fine dining, you know, but that's another thing. Yeah, you get the cigar brands to take you out to lunch and you have no no expenses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, next question, number nine. Why does TP get a pass for a down year and the PCA doesn't? Like, so playing, with house, play, playing with house money. Playing with house money. There's nothing there's, there's nothing to lose here, man. You you, you <laughs> they get a, a they get a pass though. I mean they get yeah, a pass pay, on this. You, Let me you, tell you. You're paying for retailers to come out, you're paying yeah. for media to come out, you're yeah. giving them super super cheap booth rates. Like yeah. This is like it's like yeah, it's house money, man. It's it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really matter. So yeah. um there's no there's nobody that you're responsible to if it doesn't go well, right? Yep. So there's there's no it's like a zero risk, right? Yeah. Because it's like it's like putting like you know Buying something on credit at zero percent interest rate. Because let me tell you, if a ten, we're gonna have Scott on next week. Scott Pierce is gonna be on next week. So if if they have a, if if the, if this if they don't have a big attendance boost like this year, they're gonna get criticized. I'm talking about PCA. And PCA so they're gonna get criticized no matter what. They're gonna, so yeah, they're gonna get. It's they're gonna, the, it's yeah, the way it works. And, and you know, I think they, they've made a lot of improvements to this to this show. So. um um, they've made a lot of improvements to the trade show, uh, but I think they, they they may be hitting some rocky. I think some of the momentum is going to stall in the next couple of years because they, they have some ch- you know new new time of the year, new they're going to be moving cities, and I and I think they'll be in. I don't think they'll be in New Orleans one year. I think it will be at least two. They're there. Yeah. So yeah. that's just my gut. And I think most of the industry doesn't want to move back and forth. Uh, if you've heard Saka talk, he's very much advocating staying in New Orleans at least a couple of years. So yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if they, but I also have said, I think that, and we'll talk to Scott about this. I think New Orleans is economically makes so much more sense if they can pull it off and sell the industry that New Orleans is a viable place for a trade show. Then, um, that, but that's going to be a challenge. They're going to have to work that. They're going to really have to keep their pulse to the, to the, to their uh, members here. Yeah. All right. Last question. Product wise, what we've been able to find out. Is there any products that you're interested in that were that were like shown at TPE? Is there any that like, caught your attention? Say, yeah, I really want to try that. The one cigar I can think of off the top of my head that has me interested is the the new Tiamo. The Tiamo. That was the. Yeah. I, I I agree. I think the Tiamo. I know uh, is the one. I think there was no question about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I agree. Uh, and the good news is they'll have another chance probably to to do it at at. I think it was smart doing it at TPE. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. They'll have it yeah, again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I mean, look, it's a great story. It's a brand. It's a yeah. longstanding brand. Yeah. Uh, if you have Alejandro Turrent out there, which it sounds like they're going to be using him for events and stuff like yeah. that. Like, he's an amazing dude. He is. He's um, I've met him a few times. Super nice guy, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got, like, amazing story. Like, yeah. like you know, Mexican tobacco is his, yeah. is his family, right? right. It's like... Like I would go like, uh, I I don't want to be disappointed by this cigar. You know, it doesn't have to be amazing. It just needs to be like good, right? Yeah. But as long as that's good, like you, I would, I would play it like play it up like crazy. Like this would this should be like, I don't know. This this should be the biggest release of the year. I I agree. I think it's a big story. Uh, that I I got a little wind this was coming back, but I uh it didn't come back the way I thought it was coming back. I heard another. Uh, way they were going to do it, but they, they obviously decided to to go this way, which is I think the right way. I think this was the right call. So, um, and I, like I said, I was um, the packaging looked really nice. Uh, and like I said, I uh, it's a brand I'm definitely interested in. And and I've had Alejandro's like 
the like I've had you had that La Serena a few years ago that they did the Mexican. Yep. That tenth anniversary, one of the best La Serenas I ever had. Yeah. Um the Casa Turrence, I've reviewed several of them. They've all been excellent cigars. Right. You probably don't remember the A Turn triple play uh that Alton has had about like back in two thousand ten. It was a triple yeah. Maduro. Right. That cigar was really good. I know that they can do a really good blend. Uh, it's going to be a little higher price, Tayam. I think they're going to have to sell the whole story with that. But yeah. nonetheless, I think if you're if he's doing events and look, I I can guarantee he'll be tag teaming with Raphael on a bunch of stuff. Right. I think this is. I think I agree. I think it's. I think it was the most without a doubt that was the one cigar that uh, if anyone's got samples, I'll definitely take them because uh, I want to smoke that. But um, I'm sure I'll get some at at, at PCA with that because I'm sure they're going to be doing a big push there too. Yeah. Um, another cigar that I thought was interesting is the Mildias Maduro. The Mildias Maduro was um, another one too. I think the, because it's to... it's not like it's the, we're just changing the wrapper here. It's like a completely new blend. So I it kind of change it interests me as to why they decided to do it as Mildias, right? Um, instead of an, another brand. But... Yeah, I was trying to get Miguel actually for one of these two weeks we had, uh, and um, the Miguel thing was interesting because. I wanted to kind of get that answer, but I, I get this impression that, that Huber wants a Maduro out of each of the factories he works with. Mm-hmm. So he's got one out of Ernesto. He's got one out of uh, Noxa. And now he wanted one out of, out of Pachardo. And then Las Calaveras, he, you know, he, he basically, my father's just Las Calaveras. So I, I, that was the impression I kind of took away from that, that he okay. wanted to have a Maduro out of each of them. But I, I am definitely interested in that Mil Diaz for sure. Yeah. Um, so that one was, was another one that I thought was interesting. And the other one, and I, I'm trying to get some more information on it was the Casa Cuevas, uh, the La Mandaria Maduro. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what they're yeah. they haven't done a Maduro. Uh, they don't have a lot. They have a Cuevas Reserva Maduro and they have a Casa Cuevas Maduro. So yeah. I kind of want to see what they do with that La Mandaria blend. That was the other, yeah. um, that I had. Yeah. So yeah, th- those were definitely, uh, those are the ones I was most interested in. Sure. There wasn't really a lot announced, you know, there. So, I mean, um, Artiste had those, um, bundles. those bundles that they're doing from that, the, like the rolling school that they're doing. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's obviously that might be, you know, those are very low, low cost cigars that they can yeah. sell to, to yeah. the. Who still but, I the mean, Candela, but I mean, the Candela has yeah. already been out as a Robusto. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he wanted, I, 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 I think the reason he did it there was because obviously if he waits for PCA, he misses the St. Patrick's Day right. thing. So I, I think it makes sense uh, to do that. Um, so, I mean, I've had that Candela. It's a pretty good Candela. Um, so I could see him doing that one. But like I said, I've already had the Candela he's done. So I don't really – it was just more of a line extension in that case. Yeah. But, yeah, there wasn't much else that really uh, – the Esteban Carreras one – I have a lot of questions on because uh, that's a brand I, I enjoy. So they had that one with the rope on it, the, the string. Right. It kind of reminds me. But and this they, one looks like the Amazon basin. Yeah, but they've had they they've had a bundle offering with that for a while, and oh, no okay. one talked to. So no one talked about this. So I don't know if the bundle offering is being made premium. If this mm. is complimenting, the, that's a question. I and I have not followed up with with uh, my guy at Esteban Carreras yet. So I have to do that. But that was a question I had with that. Um, but I know that bundle offering they have it at, by my local shop. It's yeah. not a bad cigar. Uh, it's a good cigar they have. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Amazon Basin as well. Yep. 
So, um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, there wasn't really much else. Uh, oh, you know, there's one other thing. I do want to smoke it. The Billy Gibbons cigar. <laughs> I do want to smoke it. <laughs> you just want to confirm in your mind that it is what it, you think it is. I want to confirm if Charlie Road is correct. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you I don't know. I don't. That, yeah, that yeah. it's just a rebanded exist cigar that exists. Which, which, look, and I'm not saying that this is not like we're not saying that, but it was written that, and he obviously talked to someone there right. about it, right? So I don't want to say because if it's not true, it's not true, right? But someone said that to him, and, and he wrote it, so he's usually pretty accurate on that. Yeah. Um. So I am. I am. But I love the stuff coming out. I, I love. I still love Phil's stuff. So yeah. I am curious on it. Um. And I, my big question on that, Aaron, is the distribution that they're doing with that. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it's a recipe. And, and they're going with like a cigarette company to do the distribution. And yeah. I get it for the mass market product, but the solo humidors, that's going to be tough. I don't yeah. care because you, because you, have to, you have to be able to penetrate retailers. You're going to have to have someone literally calling retailers and calling into retailers. And people that just want to, who, who are you guys, you know? So... See, I'm wondering if this is just sold to like uh, liquor stores that sell cigarettes as well. Yeah, and it, it's I just kind of like out there as like a, on a, on a counter or something. Like I don't. Th- does ZZ Top do any booze? I don't know. I don't like, know. If you team it up with a booze or something like that, or you just kind of have it there with some yeah. other like celebrity type products and stuff yeah. like that, and see if yeah. it goes. I don't know. Right. I just don't see. Pe- I obviously there's a market for it. It's not me, but. I can't see paying that much money for those cigars. No, I'm not gonna buy the humidor. Um yeah. but I, I do wanna see I do wanna taste the cigar. Um because it is coming through Debonair and all that. And I like Debonair cigars, I like the yep. Indian motorcycle stuff. So I am curious to see how different they are um on that. So I, I have I definitely have interest in trying that cigar. It's not yeah. the top of my list. It's not the right. top of my list. I'm not buying a humidor to get you it. Just, you just wanna Scratch an itch that's in your mind about what Char- about- Charlie made a comment, and look, I'm yep. I'm, I'm respecting yep. the comment he made. Uh, he yeah. he said he wrote that he believes he must have spoke to someone there because he was at like, that press week came in the morning, and then he had that his it was in his article later that day, right? So again, this is not us saying this. We're not trying, but there was an article written on Halfway on that. Is what I'm going to yep. say. Yeah. Um. All right, that's how I got this week. All right. So again, uh, thanks to our audience. Thanks to Justin, Aaron. Thank you. Next week, Scott thank Pierce. You. We have Scott Pierce next week. Uh, so uh, we're doing that a week early than we normally do because I'm going to be at Pro Cigar. Yeah. And um, I want to say that's it. that's yeah. I think that's all like we got going. Oh, oh no, D- Dave Burke uh, has put together a uh, album archaeology on Beyonce's Lemonade. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I'm sure he's going to have a rant on the Grammys that will. That will be epic. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So definitely, you want to tune into Dave on that. But uh, again, that's going to wrap up today's uh, primetime episode two ninety six into the annals of history for Thursday, February eighth, two thousand twenty four. Now February 9th on the East Coast. We'll see everybody next week. See you guys. <laughs>